Greetings, Starfighter. You've been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against XUR and the Kodan Armada. Or something like that. Did again, Steven. <laughs> no Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, everyone. Welcome to an exciting episode of Entertainment Landfill. I'm your host, the Jaystrom. It's so great, great to hear from you. It's been a long time. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. But uh, seriously, guys, because it's been forever. It has been forever. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is, baby. I don't do the show alone. I also do it with Stephen the Pop Culture Zealot. Hey, what's happening, sir? I'm doing... I'm... Wait, what's happening? The show. Hey, we're doing it right now. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's, how are you being, sir? I'm doing good. It's great to hear from you, Stephen. We haven't done this podcast for a while. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but every once... I've done two now jstrom drives episodes where i just start recording while i'm driving to run an errand or something and i just kind of talk i think part of doing podcasting you know uh gotta keep your chops up well i was trying to think of like why did i start podcasting to begin with i wanted to talk about stuff i liked i guess you were crazy Yes, crazy. Um, well, I, I think about like you had heard about you were you were. I mean, obviously, you watched Conan, uh, listened to Howard. I mean, liked all the interview shows. I always liked. Yeah, I always and, liked talked radio, and I uh, always thought I'd like to do that. But I'd like to do it my own show where I'm talking about things I like. You right. know, like I listen to sports radio, but I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about sports ever. In or on a radio show or whatever, but I would I want to talk about stuff you might I like. Mention it, but that's not all yeah. you want to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk mostly about movies and television or whatever. And but I wanted to do it like if you think about the format of the show was I wanted to do it like there were sound drops, there were clips, you know, just I wanted to integrate all these cool things that i liked about radio one thing is i love sound drops and things and uh i wanted to incorporate that but you know now these days you know we haven't done a show in a while a couple weeks ago but there's you know i used to talk every friday about all this stuff and it's kind of crazy that uh, I'm not talking about it, and it's just kind of like, I just need to hit record on my phone and talk. Maybe well, somebody will listen to this. I don't know. Well, I thought for sure last Friday was going to be a talk show, one of our shows, mm-hmm. because of 
the Avengers and yeah. every other show, every but, movie we've yeah, seen. Yeah, that was Heather had been out of town for a week, and I had to pick her up at the airport. So it's just like things like that. Originally, Emma Life was gets in the way. Emma was going to be in a play tonight, but they moved it to later in the month, uh, to the twenty second. So originally, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be doing a show even tonight, even. Right. Uh, but luckily, um, about four, four fifteen yeah. this afternoon. I mean, her if... freaking school year is almost over, Stephen. She has yep. like two weeks left of school. What the hell happened to this year? It's I don't even know. By, sir. And Heather was talking about. So when are we going to get her into driver's ed or whatever? And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? What are you talking about? No, she's, she's a kid. She's not she driving. She doesn't even. She can't throw the trash out of her room. She's going to drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> she she won't throw put uh, cans, uh, you know, in the recycle bin. How are we going to get her to drive a car and <laughs> obey the rules? I don't understand how this works. But I mean, seriously, it's like that. You know, there's a, there's that stupid saying when you first have a child, everyone's like, before you know it, they're going to be grown and moving out of the house. And you're just like, shut up. Seriously, that doesn't help me right now. But I mean, <laughs> seriously, though, it does feel like that. Like, all of a sudden, my daughter is just. I know. It's like you say she's got, you know, ready for driver's ed. I'm like, no. It's like she's, she's like four, right? She's, yeah, I know. From four to 15, <laughs> just like that. But seriously, Stephen, I do like hitting record and, and us talking. I mean, yes, it's not the same format as it used to be. I haven't found, I was telling Emma this because we talk about, you know, she's like, why haven't you done a podcast lately? And I'm like, I need some kind of inspiration, man. I used to have this drive, something that was pushing me yes. and to be creative, like my creative chops. Like I was putting all my creativity in the show yes. and I feel like that pool is kind of empty right now. As sad as that sounds. I mean, I can still talk and stuff, but you know, I used to like make clips and all that. It's kind of hard to uh, do that. I don't actually know. sat down and had to talk about hell's kitchen and it's like when all those shows were all brand new you know season yeah. one season two but season 15 do you really still <laughs> yeah. want to talk about it's hell's like kitchen? i can't do it anymore you know yeah you can't do the cake boss 12 seasons in i mean every once in a while i will see a show where somebody will say something and i'll be like oh that would have been a good drop right there that would have been good, but, oh well let's move on you know now stevens we have we saw shazam we uh-huh. saw Avengers Endgame. Why don't we talk about... I saw Sh- Pet Cemetery. Oh, you saw Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. Your consensus of that was, it was just, meh, it was okay, right? Yeah, I mean, not great, not terrible, but I mean, it's... Stephen King on Facebook, he said it was fantastic, Stephen. Yeah. I... <laughs> you know, we talk you, about you like... stick to writing books, Mr. King. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. I mean, you thought certain other movies were great, too. He it's praises like... The Dark Tower. It's a good movie. Now, have you seen the trailer to It 2 yet? Yes. It looks sufficiently creepy, doesn't it? Yes. It looks good. Yeah, I like Jessica Chastain. She, yeah. That was good. It looks creepy AF. Yes. Well, here's what I... I have the same question that I have about the first movie in that scene in the trailer. If you watch the trailer, she's going to visit an old lady in an apartment that she used to live in, right? Right. And there's an old lady talking to her, and she seems nice, but something's off about her. And you realize it's Pennywise, right? Messing with her? Is it Pennywise? I assume so, because she's dancing around in the background. Yeah. But she's not... Okay, 
does Pennywise want to kill her right then and there, or is it just messing with her for till later? Because in you the, don't know what part of the movie that scene is from. Well, in the original, in the pets, I mean, not pet cemetery. In the original, it there's parts where the boy would be in the library and Pennywise would mess with him and chase him around. Was Pennywise <laughs> trying to actually capture him then and eat him, or is he just messing with him and he's going to get him later? Is he just entertaining himself? I don't know if when people I think have, a combination of both. I think it's if he had the opportunity to catch him and eat him he would have okay but he also takes pleasure in the scare right like the the kid he sees the balloons and he sees his face or whatever because yeah. he's he going to chase him right then to or georgie just... you know it's just like you know he's like all nice and calm too. he's like mm-hmm. oh you want your boat back oh come and on then and he's kind of menacing he's yeah like, i don't know yeah, I just I never know what uh, Pennywise's intentions are. It's just that he's entertaining himself. And he's it kind might of torturing the fact them. That, you know, okay, well, you maybe he couldn't take him in that setting because it's kind of like usually when he takes him, it's one on one, right? So in but I mean, in like the library, you know, had the kids screamed, you know, and everybody came and saw it, would that break the magic, as it were? You mm-hmm. know, the the Pennywise spell, right? Well, I just, yeah, that's a, when I watched the trailer, I'm like, yeah, that's creepy and all, but what are his intentions right here during this scene? <laughs> it's uh, been so long since I've read the book, you know, I mean, it's been, what, early 90s yeah. since I read it. I mean, I enjoyed, nineties. Uh, we enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the best made Stephen King adaptations for a while now. Yes. And so I'm they've got a great cast for I'm trying to think of another the second Oh, oh one. the Mist was a good adaptation. Yeah, the Mist. But I mean it was still made I mean, you want to kill the, yourself when it was over. I mean what the original story was like 40 pages long so yeah. I mean they re you know The Mist uh, is really good but it's Frank Darabont such did a lot of work to it. You know? Yeah. So and he changed the ending too. He yeah. added that and he's like I changed the ending. It's like, "Oh, well let's see what you got." And you're like you changed it to this? What's wrong with you? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm an effed up dude, man. What do you want from me? Yeah. It's like, I can tell. I like the, I always like the idea of thinking of when you saw the mist, like, oh, these are like, it's a portal that they opened up and stuff from like the Dark Tower world bled into ours. That's pretty cool. But now that we've seen the Dark Tower movie, it's just like, ah, uh, you know, keep the portal closed. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, if if they'd have come through with the lobstrosities, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't see anything else creature-wise like that in the Dark Tower books, really. Yeah. Now, if they would have had an area where these big giant creatures were that they had to get through, then it's like, oh, I could tie those worlds together. There still could be another yeah. world that we don't know about. I liked how things had little subtle references. I like how Stephen King ties it into his books. He has little references. When I think back to the Dark well, Tower movie mm-hmm. and how they, you know, like, hey, there's the dog. It must be Cujo. And hey, look, there's there's a book leaning against a wall. What is that book? That's uh, that's the uh, just that's the uh, the book from Misery. You know, oh. the Chastain. What is her name? Oh yeah, Mary Chastain. Or Misery Chastain. Misery. Yeah, and it's like. Okay, you guys, you're not being subtle about this. It's just kind of yeah, like... the Paul... Paul, what's his name? Paul was the writer in it. Yeah, yeah. It's all Paul Sheldon. It's, it's all Sheldon, like... Yeah. 
it's all the same world. It's like, yeah, you kind of ruined it. Go away. <laughs> don't, don't go too far. And then you hit the little, mm. you know, Christine car model. Mm. I'd rather like, like, I don't mind one or two, three references, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but it's gotta be even more subtle. I'd rather them do the steaming king. I know you, everybody own, you know, all different studios probably own different steaming king books. So it would have to be a studio kind of like a Marvel type of thing, buy a bunch of Stephen King properties, say, this is all a shared universe. We're going to start making the movies one by one, each book. I think you can option any of his stories for a dollar. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think that's for <laughs> students only that is he it? does it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In, in college. Who are in film school or whatever. I gotcha. But, um, like, if you did a shared Stephen King universe building up to the Dark Tower, where there's little references, that well, would be really cool. It's like, well, I, know, I think we've talked about this before, but the talisman, there's the beginning of the story, there's a little kid on the beach, you know, and he's drawing in the sand with the stick. He's all alone. It's kind of a weird time of year. And there's a man on the beach, you know, and he's contemplating suicide, walking into the ocean and drowning himself. Little kid has words with him, and the guy goes, oh, okay, you know, and kind of, and then disappears. And then this talisman continues on. Well, then you go read Tommyknockers, the lead character from that's on the beach talking to the kid. Mm. So essentially, Tommyknockers doesn't happen if Talisman didn't happen. You know, it's like that That's kid saved cool. the guy's life in Tommyknockers. Mm, I like that. That's very cool. I like that kind of stuff. Always read That's the like, books. And I like Tommyknockers. <laughs> the movie was fine. I didn't have a problem with that one either. The TV movie with uh, no, Jimmy no. Smith? Yeah, was it TV? Mm-hmm. It was okay. a made-for-TV series. Okay. I, didn't, I just I, remember Jimmy Smith. And Mark Helgenberger. <laughs> Mark Helgenberger, yeah. Is that right? Is that yeah. right? You just you made me uh, you made me cha- think of Bobby from uh, the Sopranos talking about the Mark Helgenberger, you know, watching the CSI or whatever. That's what popped in my head. Uh, now, Stephen, I thought you were done going to think about uh, um, Steven Seagal movie Fire Fire Down Below or whatever it was. Now, Stephen uh, Shazam, I thought was a lot of fun. Zachary Levi was fantastic in the yes. role. Um, I did think it was funny how like extremely scary parts of it were for like kid stuff. Remember the boardroom scene where the bad guy unleashes the demons on the boardroom, throws his brother out the window (laughs) to follow his death. Somebody gets their head bitten off and everyone's screaming and they're getting pulled away by these scary demons. Then you get a view from the outside, the frosted glass and you see see their faces like, Everybody getting killed. Yeah. And uh, he's like, his dad's left in a wheelchair. He's like, oh, and he's like, you can have him. And you see the thing go like that. And I was thinking, you know, the advertisements, Shazam is great fun for the whole family. And I was thinking like, not really the whole family. Maybe some little kids scared (laughs) shitless. But, you know, there is a a part, I won't spoil anything, but the kids kind of have to face those demons and they kind of like overcome their fear of them. And that might give some kids some empowerment. Like, yeah, we don't have to be afraid of those. And it's like, no, you do. They're not figments of their imagination. They're scary. But I thought the the film was fun. I liked the aspect of the foster family. Thought that was the best part of the movie. And I like... uh, Zachary Levi played a great adult child, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
He's supposed. To, he looks like he's. I mean, you know, thirty years old, but yeah, still plays the mentality of a fourteen-year-old. You know. Yeah, I like the bits where they're trying to figure out what powers he has, yes. and they're doing tests and stuff. Yeah, and they're they're posting it all on YouTube, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? But um, there's one part in the movie that I didn't understand. Like, I was like, I'm ha- I'm having a problem with the logic here. Do you remember the bullies at school? The kid drives up, physically hits his uh, foster brother, who's on crutches, with his vehicle, Yeah, knocks him down, and, and they're like, hey, you did in my car, you little punk. And he, like, kicks the kid over, and he, like, kicks him while he's on the ground. This is a kid with crutches. Yeah. And people are like, oh. And I'm like, this guy could go to jail. He yeah. should be arrested. He v- Vehicular assault, first of all. And so that kind of, uh, I was just thought, like, these are ridiculous <laughs> bullies, and they're going to get theirs. Right, Steven? Right. Uh, there's a part, Shazam hasn't learned to fly yet. We know he does fly. But he has not learned to fly. And the guys drive up, the bullies, and they're, their uh, truck and they pull up to the front of the school and they're walking in, you know, they're badass bullies. They don't care about anybody. And all of a sudden you hear like the squeak of a car. They turn around, they go, my car, where'd my car go? And it's gone. All of a sudden it drops out of the sky and falls to the ground in the same spot. And I would think, yeah, Shazam obviously picked up the truck, flew up in the air, and then dropped it. Except he hasn't learned to fly yet, so how did that happen? I think I thought he just ran real fast, threw it up, because he had super strength, and then ran out. Maybe he just threw it up in the air. But, I mean, it lands right where it was parked. It yeah. seems... Uh, I just kind of was like, wait, he doesn't know how to fly yet. <laughs> well, wasn't he bounding up high? So maybe he grabbed it and jumped up with it. It's, he, maybe he jumped way up in the air with it and just let go yeah. or something. Maybe well, that's You didn't see I, him either because he would have yeah. come back down. So that's why I go with the impression that he ran up because he's got super speed. I think he already mm-hmm. figured that out. Yeah. He had super strength, so he throws it up now and then he goes just consequently yeah it comes back down in the same <laughs> yeah. spot you know i but, just I, you know i know it's silly i'm not supposed to think about it, it too you know, much but moved out into the middle of the street but i think they kind of thought it. it would have been funnier that whole scene if think of this from curb level they're like my truck where'd it go and he walks closer the entire truck's flat and like paper flat <laughs> on the cement and he's like what the hell it'd be yeah, like he just a, was squished it it was a bit dangerous if say he did throw it straight up yeah know, in front of a school <laughs> yeah. walk underneath this truck. yeah there's little parts like that where there's child endangerment in the yes. movie and i'm like dude what the hell <laughs> there were quite a few kid scares too you remember the part where they open these doors to different worlds and they're like these crocodile men yeah. they're like and they're coming right towards the door and they shut the door not going that way but it was fun it, it was fun kind of scary you know but i don't know like emma she liked it but she was like if i was a little kid it probably would have scared me but i liked being scared when i was a kid you know so, i mean so maybe yeah. i would have dug it i mean it's great for 13 plus years yeah. old anything under than that then yeah you're right it, it, you probably a little scary i would have been fine with it because i was in the jaws at their age of eight you know yeah, so that is true we like scary we like movies that were rated r when we were kids uh not that this is rated r but the kid who is in it the movie it and he was in this and he played the foster brother yeah i thought he was really good too i thought the whole kid cast was good so i mean i was happy with shazam i'd like to see it again now um 
Avengers Endgame. I remember I I, I did mean to see that again, and I still have it. Yeah, I I want to see it again too. Um, now you, when I I just asked you, I said, "Hey, did you enjoy the movie?" You immediately said you had a problem with someone in your theater. <laughs> I I don't know why I always get this. I know. So it's the guy the next luck. to me, seventeen, sixteen. Uh huh. He's got the big, large popcorn in his lap. He's grabbing popcorn, filling both hands, and cramming them in his mouth. Chewing with his mouth wide open. Like, oh, all I hear is... Oh, my God. Was it Homer Simpson? And it was, it was like... Gee, and I, I did this. I, I, I leaned forward and turned and looked at him. That's what I heard <laughs> through probably over half the movie. And then he, I think he had already finished his soda, so he kept picking it up, and he was only drinking what had melted. You hear? Oh my god! So he's just a completely obnoxious cool. person. It's like close your mouth when you it's eat. It's like, geez, dude. <laughs> so I was just like, finally he finished it, but I kept seeing him do this. You know, he's like. Reaching down, you hear him like scraping. Isn't he bottom, looking for to, a prize in there? I've heard people do that. They're like trying to grab. No, because like, he, he when it was full, he had both hands completely full. I mean, squirreling this shit into his mouth, like <laughs> you know, like like he's never eaten before in his life. Uh-huh. And I'm just like going, really? And he is he sitting right next to right you? Right next oh, to me. Oh Jesus! He's on my left. I'm like, Ugh, really? Ugh. <laughs> and so, and then. So later in the movie, um, I, I kind of notice out of the corner of my eye, he, he has his hands in front of his mouth, and he's kind of, like, worrisome. And he's kind of rocking back and forth, so I oh, go, he's, oh, he's special. I, I, <laughs> the anxieties from the movie's getting to him. He's, he's, he's a special needs kid, you know? Okay. So I was like, so I started letting it go. Remember, I had that problem at Captain Marvel recently. And, and so I was like, road. okay, I'll let that go. You mm-hmm. know, the, the loud crunching, he just hasn't been taught. Right. Lights come on, and I turn and look, and he's just a normal kid. He's not, <laughs> he's, he's not special. He's needs. as normal he's as <laughs> he's as normal he's, as he is. He's, an, yeah, he's just, he's just an, a slob. He's basically. just an annoying kid. I had uh, <laughs> when we went to go sit in our assigned seats. Thank God for you know re- reserved seating these days. You don't have to get there an hour early. You can get there fifteen minutes before the movie starts. Uh, when we were walking up, you know, Heather, Emma, and I have three seats, and we can just choose. I see there's... i got to start buying that extra buffer seat and <laughs> just leave it empty. I, I see there's some older uh, couple, and then there's kids. And I'm like, I'm going to sit nor- towards the kids. I don't want Heather to have to sit next to them. And the kids are just giddy and excited as all get out. They're entertaining each other. They're goofing off. They both got their cell phones. They're showing each other stuff with their YouTube volume up where you can hear it. And I'm just like, okay, they're going to turn this off when the movie starts. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I... Um, I got a pet cemetery I, story too, so continue Did I on. talk about the... the I have this uh, enormous anxiety before Avengers Endgame because... Uh, they did not turn off the lights during yeah, you were telling me. The, trailers. Uh, the trailers. And I haven't talked about this on the show, though, have I? No, just you and I talked about it. Okay, so the trailers start, and usually the lights go down, and the trailers start. 
but they didn't. They kept the theater lit. And this is the 1050 showing. Maybe they think people are going to come in. They need to be able to find their seat. Let's leave the lights on. But that bothers me. I'm like, when are they going to turn the lights off? And I said, they better not show the episode nine trailer. Like the first time I see it in the theater, better not show with the lights on. That'll make me so mad. Sure enough, it comes on. And uh, the kids are, you know, next to me, they're commenting and all of it or whatever. I'm just like, I'm just like so uncomfortable. I'm starting <laughs> to get really annoyed. Uh, and Emma's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, they're, they're not turning the lights off. They're, this is going to ruin the movie for me if they don't turn the lights off. What if, what if they don't turn them off when the movie comes on? For the on? first 10 minutes, and five she, minutes. It, and she's like, they will. And I'm like, I don't know. They're, I don't think they're going to turn the lights off. And I was like starting to worry about it. And I was like, I'm going to have to get up and miss the first part of the movie to go tell You, you didn't turn this, the lights off. You need this theater on speed dial so you can call them. But so I finally <laughs> said to myself, okay, when the XD, you know, when they're like, this is XD yeah. or whatever, that promo comes on, the lights are going to go off because they need to show a, the they need to show us how awesome XD is mm-hmm. sound and picture lights stayed on during that. And I was like, Oh no. Because the movie starts right after that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. And Emma was like, what's wrong, Dad? What's wrong? And I'm like, they're not turning the lights off. The lights are going to stay on during the movie. This is ridiculous. I can't believe this is happening. This is, oh, God, this is upsetting me so much. And she's like, calm down. And I was like, I'm going into full-on panic attack mode. (laughs) I don't know if it's because usually I go to bed this time of night. Uh And I'm just kind of, like, wired. I've got to, you know, I'm drinking caffeine when I normally I don't to stay up. And I'm starting to get really upset. And I'm like, i got to get up and I'm going to go complain. Well, sure enough, the, that promo ends, and then the movie starts to come in the Marvel stuff, and then the lights go down. I was like, oh, thank God. But I was so mad that they made me go through that ordeal <laughs> of being so, like, so I was really worked up with anxiety uh, as the movie started, and I was just trying to calm myself down. And the two kids next to me, I don't know, they were teenagers, they were like, you know, like, hey, let's outdo each other, like cracking each other up and stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know if, you, you know, early on in the film when uh, Paul Rudd, when Ant-Man, Scott Lang, he comes out of the quantum realm and he's trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And he sees these placards, which I thought was amazing, these memorials right. for all these people who had died in the snap. And it was called the vanishing or the vanishment or something. Yeah. And the guy next to me goes, the vanishment, like that, like out loud. And I'm just like, would it be okay if I elbowed this friend in the head right now? I just want to. Can, would it be okay if I assaulted this child? It would be better if it was called the elbowing. <laughs> yeah. Just knock him and I thought of Commando where he goes to, just like snaps the guy's neck. Um, but uh, I calmed down and I enjoyed the film. But I told myself, you need to see this again in Dolby Cinema. And here's the thing. Usually the movies are so loud it drowns out people. But yeah. the very the opening, the first half of this film is very quiet, is it not? Oh, well, I mean, I heard Crunchy all night. All <laughs> yeah, the, the chewing guy. Uh, but it was like that. It, and I love that. I, I recently, I don't know how many times did you watch Infinity War? Did you rewatch it at all I, at home or anything? Yeah, I've seen it a couple times. Um, 
one thing that I, I do love that film, but another thing, there's not a lot of quiet moments in that. There's not a lot of Steve Rogers time kind of reflecting on things. This movie, we got that, and I loved that they we got that. It was very slow-paced. It was them dealing with the failure of not being able to. And how great is it? I, can I just say, uh, if you have not seen Avengers Endgame... Plug your fingers in your ear. Turn uh, just the radio off. Save this episode to watch it. Uh, <laughs> save this show to to listen to after you see the the movie because I want to talk about some things from the movie. So I'm going to say there are spoilers that we're going to talk about starting now. So we'll see you guys after you see it. Now, uh, what I, I love that they, you know, they, they're dealing with failure. First we've got, uh, Oh, did you want to tell me, uh, about, no, you'll tell me about that later. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll visit pet cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. We'll revisit pet cemeteries, theater experience, but, um, we're dealing with, uh, Tony Stark trapped in space. Love mm-hmm. the scene playing with the paper football with Nebula. Deep in Nebula and they're kind of, they're trapped in space. Captain Marvel comes in, brings him home. He's uh frail. Is he frail because of weightlessness yeah, in space or because he hasn't eaten? I think it what was like 21 days and they mm-hmm. had like minimal rations. Yeah. Cause I was contemplating <coughs> this in my, when I was driving in the car, it's like the, the ship they're on has artificial gravity. So would he be wearing away like that? But maybe he's just lost a lot of weight because he doesn't have any food. I mean, 21 days without food. I don't know that you'd lose that much weight. They're they're living on more... You lose you, muscle mass big time. But you don't know how long he was on the planet before they fixed the ship either. Yeah, but yeah. Tw- 21 days on... You know, that's another thing. But it was like I, months, right? Cause yeah, I love that Nebula in him kind of had this camaraderie where they were working together and she's like kind of strange or whatever. I would have loved to have seen that later when they're trying to figure the time travel stuff out to involve Nebula with him tinkering with stuff. And I also thought it would have been great if they worked Rocket into that because there's several tinkers in the Marvel Universe. We know Rocket is one. Yeah. I mean, he likes to steal body parts and stuff, but he loves to <laughs> he loves to build stuff. And it would have been great if Rocket helped him with that aspect. But I, I guess Tony doesn't to need to him. Into the future, to the past. <laughs> but do you agree that, that would have been cool to work yeah. them into that? Uh, but still, that's okay. Um, but... Tony's really pissed. Basically, he's pissed because they had the whole... All the Avengers were in disarray when Thanos came, so they weren't uh, all... Unified. Unified to fight him, (laughs) which they may not have mattered anyway. But um, they figure out where Thanos is because he's done something with the stones again, the Infinity Stones, and uh, Nebula says she knows exactly where he is because he used to talk about the garden. I love that they all go there. I was like, whoa, this is happening now. They're going now. Yeah. I thought this is like the end of the movie. This is going to happen. The first 10, 15 minutes. But, but they infiltrate the planet and he's just there in a garden and he looks all his arms all effed up and his face is scarred and his whole right side's burnt. Yeah. And it turns out he's destroyed the burnt. stones and it nearly killed him when he destroyed them. And so he's like, you won't be undoing what I did. So you're screwed. And Thor just outright chops his head off and kills him. And I thought that was great. And they're like, we we're, we've lost. That's it. You know? And then it goes five years later. And I thought that was amazing. Okay. Um, first of all, let me ask you about the Thor, what they did with Thor in the movie. I, 
Thor's dealing with uh, failure. He's, the loss of his planet. The loss of his planet and most of his people, you know, not to mention his brother, you know, his mom and dad, Zeus, or Odin, Odin. Zeus. <laughs> Odin is dead, but so he's had to deal with a lot. And he feels like he his destiny was to destroy Thanos with his his mighty axe, but he didn't aim for the head and he failed everyone and they lost. And so he's kind of going through some shit in this. Yeah. And uh, he's let himself go. He's way out of shape. Yes. And he's drinking a lot. So he's got the beer gut. Yeah. He's out. Of, he's flabby. I love that when Rocket says that he looks like melted ice cream. Uh, uh, tiki Wataki. What's his, is that, uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah. What's his? Yeah, uh, you mean the... Yeah, he's doing the voice of the rock yes. guy, Korg, yeah. playing uh, Fortnite. Yeah. I thought that was great. Uh, some people, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it doesn't really matter. How's his name pronounced? Is that it? Korg. No. Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Yeah. That was close. <laughs> uh, who directed uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, they don't like all, do we have to joke around so much? But Thor, the Thor stuff is funny, but it's also relatable. He's dealing with failure and depression. He basically has PTSD from what had happened. When you lose that many people... It really yeah. f's with you, and, and so he's uh, kind of put himself into seclusion. Per, you know, yeah. Privates. Like even Valkyrie says, uh, you know, we hardly ever see him he anymore. Comes into town for beer, and they pan over to like all these barrels <laughs> of beer that are empty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, he he drinks all that in a, in a you know a month. <laughs> yeah, I love. That. Oh, and they have new uh, Asgard there. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, new Asgard. Yeah. Uh, the stuff, Professor Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner has now merged. He is the opposite of Hulk, where he has come to accept who he is. Him and Hulk have, they're now one. one. So he has the mind of Bruce Banner and the body of Hulk. And I love his glasses. I love that stuff, too. And he's too. real personable. Yeah, people Hulk. come up, hey, can we get your picture? And he's like taking a selfie with them. Like, oh, yeah, we'll take <laughs> And I love, uh, basically, Scott Lang, he says, when I was in the quantum realm or whatever, uh, I was gone for five hours. I was stuck in there for five hours. But when I come out, it's five years, years later. And so he's like, time is different in the quantum realm. I think we could actually make a window to the past. Yeah, time travel is possible. We could change this. And, you know, uh, Steve Rogers and I love that Steve Rogers uh, is in a group. He's still doing the group therapy that they kind of introduced where he met Sam uh, in Winter Soldier. Uh, and uh, oh, uh, also, I can't forget about this. When the movie begins, we see where Hawkeye's been. His entire family family gets ashed. They get yeah, snapped they get, and part of the vanishing. They're just gone. So that really messes with him. him up bad. He had young children who yeah. all disappeared and he's and just he turned into a he's like uh, they uh, call uh, him uh his character in the comics when he uh, apparently something like this happens, they call him Ronin. He's like a masterless samurai. Yeah. He's just going around killing villain bad guys. Yeah. He's pretty much just outright uh Murder mercenaries. Yeah. A solo mercenary. Anywhere yeah. where there's illegal stuff happening, he goes there and kills him. He's like the Punisher almost, yeah. you know? And uh, Nat, who is the Black Widow, she's very upset about that. 
and she because she knows what he's going through and stuff. So they go to Tony Stark and they want to convince him that they could change things. And we see that he has a daughter and he's happily married to Pepper and it's been five years of fatherhood and he doesn't want to do anything that alters this future and uh, basically takes his daughter away or whatever. But uh, I love the conversation where they're talking about how, no, no, time travel doesn't work that way. It's not like in the movies. Like, if we go and they change something... It's like, oh, you mean it's not like Back to the Future? They lie to us? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Scott Lang has the best thing. He goes, wait, Back to the Future is a bunch of bullshit? (laughs) That that was a great line. It was good stuff. I don't even completely understand the time travel aspect, but I thought it was awesome, you know? I know I've read some stuff now on it afterwards, and they talk yeah. about the, you know, it's like, well, you've you've already messed with the timeline, so... And the ancient old, one kind of explains it, too. It's like, yeah, well, uh, old, old Captain America couldn't be there anymore, because he mm-hmm. changed his timeline. He's a, like, basically, if you alter something, you start a new timeline. Like, Essentially, alternate. again, a la... Fringe. Back to the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back to the future. Or you, fringe, you know, multiverse. Yeah, like, that's what we're dealing it. with. And, uh, but they don't want, they just need the stones, bring them to the future, unsnap what Thanos did, then return the stones, essentially. Before they know they're missing. Yeah, and return them at the exact moment they took them. So yeah. just not even, they were never missing, basically. And, uh, you know, Thor and Rocket, they go to Asgard. He gets to see his mom again. I thought that was a great scene. Uh, I love that he doesn't want to see Jane Foster. No, no, no. <laughs> she can't see him in this condition. But And I love that his mom knows that something's already, up. Already figured it out. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. like, you know, I was raised by witches. I know something's going on. You're not the Thor of this time. And he's like, Mom, I failed or whatever. And she kind of is like, stop trying to be who you think you're supposed to be and just be who you are. And she's just like, whoa, okay. You know? <laughs> I love Thor in this movie so much. And I love when he holds out his hand and uh, his hammer comes. And he's like, oh, I'm still worthy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he takes the hammer with him. Because I know a lot of people I read, they're like, wait, he can't take the hammer because then Thor in that time won't have the hammer anymore. It's like he's going to return it the exact moment that he took it, just like the Infinity Stone, right? Yeah. That's what I assume. And, you know, later on, we know that somebody is tasked with returning everything. And that person has the hammer, but I'll talk about that later, (laughs) Uh, which was an amazing scene. Uh when they go back to the time of the first Avengers film, I thought that was fantastic. Didn't you love when uh, Professor Hulk sees old Hulk like, oh, smashing? He's just like, oh, God, it's so embarrassing. You know, he's just kind of <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, you know, and then he's like, well, we can't, you know, you've got to look the part. So he takes his clothes and he starts kind of half ass smashing things like, ah, Hulk smash. <laughs> yeah. That was good. <laughs> I absolutely love when they basically need uh, the Tesseract. They need that stone. And the guys, you know, after they defeat Loki and everything, you see the the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys have it in a suitcase, but they're really Hydra guys. But we don't learn that until Winter Soldier. How fantastic is that scene where Steve Rogers gets on the, you know, the elevator, elevator open, it's all those guys, and he steps inside, and they're like, Cap? And he's like, 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to need that uh, briefcase there. I'm going to need the stone or whatever. So-and-so sent me for it. And they're like, uh, I'm afraid we can't do that, Cap. We've got to turn that in. And he's like, Hail Hydra. And they're like, all look at each other like, oh, here you go. And they hand up. First you think it's going to be, oh, we're going to get a fight just like Winter Soldier. He's going to kick their asses again. But when he says Hail Hydra, did I don't did your theater respond to that like, oh, yeah. Like that was a good beat there. Um, there's one problem though. <laughs> he runs into himself. Uh, uh, Steve, young Steve Rogers or of the Avengers. He's like, yep. Got my eyes on Loki. Cause Loki, remember they, uh, Hulk, they tell Hulk, take the stairs. You can't get on. There's a weight limit. He's like, Oh, Hulk takes stairs. He's like so mad. And he goes downstairs and he like kicking things and he knocks the, the briefcase aside and uh loki gets a hold of it yeah and then he disappears and so they're looking for loki and so when steve rogers runs into steve rogers he's like got my eyes on loki and then they start fighting and he's like i could do this all day and he goes i know <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was great oh and i love the the part because you know when i uh they've been showing like the original avengers like on yeah, TNT, that's what I've been seeing it on. and i'll watch it and i'm like man cap's outfit is so goofy in the first avengers movie and it's funny because you see tony kind of looking at uh that version of him and he goes Man, those that outfit did nothing for your ass, man. And <laughs> Scott Lang, you know, he's like a big cap fan. He's like, that's America's ass right there. <laughs> and I love after uh, Steve beats young Steve Rogers, he's like, him out. he's looking at his butt and he goes, that is America's ass. <laughs> that was a good line. Good stuff. So I still, my favorite from the Avengers and in, uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Was uh, the Hulk taking Loki, you know, and just bashing him? Yeah, bah, bah. oh my god! <laughs> yeah, pummeling him. He's like <gasps> puny god, and he yeah. walks away. That's my favorite line. I don't know why yeah, I love that line. That's a great part in uh, in Thor Ragnarok where he does Hulk grabs Thor and he goes bam, 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 just like that, and Loki goes, "Yes, that's what it's like." <laughs> you know, he's like. <laughs> he's like he's so happy that that happened to thor like just like him <laughs> how do you like that huh um so what did you think about loki getting away are they setting up something like loki in that timeline's alive and maybe he does something i don't know what's going on i don't know the rules just show me an entertaining film and i'll eat it up with a spoon you know yeah. i'm not here to nitpick things they're gonna make a loki indie film <laughs> yeah i was uh i was talking about uh the only thing that i kind of was like this is weird when they go to guardians of the galaxy which I love the moment where Peter Quill's dancing to the opening song of the movie. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, you know, come and get your love, come and get your love now. And he's dancing. And then all of a sudden it cuts to no music. And then Rhodey and Nebula are just watching him dance to no music. And he's like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and then he just walks up and he goes, knocks him unconscious and uh, goes in and takes the thing. But when, Nebula starts her she's on the same frequency of her young self and it like like steals her memory or share something. Memories, share memory. Share memory. They talk about 
they're from the year 2016 or they're from the year 2000. What year did this take place? 2023, right? Yeah, I think so. They say something like they're from the year 2023. And I was just like, wait a second. They're what? It's only 2023 on earth. It's not in the rest of space. Right. Why? It's weird that they'd refer to Nebula. I know she would refer to it maybe like that because Nebula was on Earth and that's how she knows what time they're from. Yeah. But I just thought it was kind of funny. It like took me out for a second. I started thinking about it. Like, is it 2016 when Guardians of the Galaxy came out right now in all of space? But I know that's not the case, but it just made me think about that well, for a second. We're the only people who measure time in right. that instance of a... The way we do. Yeah. So, I mean, from zero to now. And, I know that. In BC. One thing from watching years of alias uh, type shows in 24 is Heather and I hate moles. We hate undercover <laughs> infiltrators. So, when Nebula takes th- the older Nebula in goes in her place as an agent. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Don't do this to me, movie. I hate this plot line that they do it and things. But it worked. It's a way to get... That's one thing I never knew. I don't know if you... I didn't watch many trailers to Endgame. I just wanted to watch the movie. But I never thought that they would be fighting Thanos from earlier... Uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy time cool. coming into our future. I thought that was a pretty cool idea because I never would have predicted that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought they were going to do something to totally maybe go to the exact moment when Thor was supposed to hit, go for the head and he would have gone for the head be- before he snapped his fingers. I thought maybe that was going to happen. Doesn't happen. And it's good that it doesn't happen because that's what I was thinking was going to happen. And I like that... It tricked you. When they started revisiting... It wasn't that predictable. Right. When they started revisiting old Marvel films, I loved that. I was digging it. I'm pretty sure I had a grin on my face the entire movie. Uh, When they realize they don't have enough of the Pym particle, once they lose it and they're like, well great loki's got it we're never going to get it now we can't go back without it let's go back further i know where it is in this time and it's like we can't no there's more pin particle at this time so they go back to world war ii and then there's uh um tony stark's dad howard stark yes and I don't know if you did you watch Peggy Carter the yes, TV I show? Did. You watch all of oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that show so yeah, that much. Yeah, was awesome show. Really I good. love I both the both seasons <clears throat> that I got we got of that show. I loved it so much. When they showed friggin' uh, first of all, I was excited that he got to see Peggy through the window and she was uh-huh. in there. I was like, oh, it's Peggy Carter, oh, his long lost love or whatever. And we know from watching two seasons of that this Peggy Carter has never gotten over Steve Rogers being gone yeah it's her uh you know her soulmate her unrequited love or whatever uh but she fights on you know and she even ends up marrying a different guy eventually i guess because uh in winter soldier remember he visits her and she has alzheimer's she doesn't remember much and she married somebody but we don't know his name um i assumed it was the guy from the show they introduced in season two right right yeah so anyway, uh, but I digress. They showed Jarvis yes. from the TV show mm-hmm. for a moment. 
Uh, and I know it's it's John Slattery is Howard Stark, but it was actually the guy who plays Preacher who was Howard Stark in the TV show. Uh, Dominic something plays Preacher. Yes. I uh, can't remember his last name. But anyway, that, you know, John Slattery, he's a, we know him from the movies. He's Howard Stark from the movies. So yeah. we got to have him in there. But it was so cool that they brought in uh, Jarvis, who was, who pretty much raised Tony Stark when yeah. his dad wasn't around. Because he was a fantastic character. If you guys have never this seen. This was like priest Tony being born even. Right. So. Because Peggy Carter, the TV show, her partner basically was Jarvis. Her and Jarvis going on adventures, which right. is really cool. If you've never seen that show, seek it out. It's fantastic. I'm not kidding. It's so good. Uh, but when to- Tony gets to meet his dad <laughs> and they think he's a beatnik because of his weird goatee, <laughs> he's some kind of beatnik or something. And he uses his uh, mom's maiden. No, 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 wait. He uses Pe- Pepper Potts' last name. He's like, I'm Howard Potts. He's like, oh, we got the same name. I'm Howard, too. Howard Stark. And uh, he's talking about, like, yeah, I got a kid on the way. And I'm worried I'm not going to be a good dad or whatever. And that was a great scene. They got t- Tony got a great scene with his dad there. And um, I was happy with that moment with Steve seeing Peggy. And a little voice in my head was like, they're both going to die by the end of this movie. They gave us these two moments. He got to say farewell to his father. Basically, he gave his dad a hug. You know, his dad has no idea who he is. And he's like, thank you for your service. (laughs) And uh, Steve got to see Peggy one last time, right? Right. Um, Did you have that voice in your head at all? Like, oh, we're going to lose... I was pretty sure Steve Rogers was going to go. He he was going. I'm not sure if I thought that or not. I love that um, Bruce Banner, he's talking to the ancient one, and she won't let him have the stone, right? She's like, no, you can't take this. Our world will end as we know it. And he's like, well, in my time, you know, Doctor Strange, he gave it to Thanos. She's like, he gave it to him? Oh yeah, yeah, and he's like nobody knows why he had his reasons. She's like, well, he's the best of us, so he obviously had his reasons. And she gives it to him, and he says, "I promise I'll return it," you know, to the exact time. Now, Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> now, uh, Cliff Barton, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. Nobody told them because nobody knew, I guess, that they were going to get the soul stone and what that means. <laughs> yes. They go there and there's the red skull. And, you know, basically, you know, you got to someone you love. You have to give you have up to someone sacrifice you love. someone you love. And I love that they're fighting over who gets to die. He's yes. like, no, I'm going to die. You know, I, you've seen how many people I've killed. I'm a bad person or whatever. She's like, you've got a family. We're going to fix this. And so he jumps, but then she stops him. And I was like, something's going to happen. This will be okay or whatever. But no. And I saw somebody on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. They said they found They figured out a way to game the system. Go to the planet, fall in love with the Red Skull, then kill the Red Skull and get the stone. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. You're like, I love you, Red Skull. I love you and all my heart's gonna end. Too bad you must die. <laughs> and I get the stone. Ha! I game the system. 
But uh, Black Widow dies in this movie, Stephen. Were you like, what the hell is going on? Well, if you got to take it back at the exact point, does that mean Black Widow's not dead now? Uh, I've been curious about this as well. Also, I've thought about this, and we're going to jump to later. Captain America is tasked with returning the stones. Uh-huh. I want to see him going back to return the stone and like is that Red Skull Captain America well, movie. Red Skull like you and he's like yeah me I got the stone I'm returning it give me Black Widow back or whatever. Well, that's at the exact well at the exact moment I guess that's when. Well, also, do you remember uh, if we cut? They bring all the stones back. Uh, Hawkeye is really sad, and they're all like, "Where? Where's Nat?" And it's like she didn't make it. And they're like, "Holy shit!" You know, and they're trying to figure out who's going to. And Thor's like, "I'll do it. Give me the glove." You know, he puts it on an Iron Man glove or whatever. Did he use part of like Thanos's Infinity Gauntlet or at all, or was it just? Iron Man suit. I think stuff. he designed it to hold the stones. Yeah, I think Tony designed it, and no mortal man can do it. It's lethal. We've saw in in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill. The only reason he didn't die is because he had. We well, had the chick at the end that grabbed it. Yeah, they all. And she blew up. Yeah, um, and you saw Peter Quill was starting to break up, and the rest of the Guardians kind of absorbed the power, and they're all holding him or whatever. And he has part of uh, Kurt Russell's DNA. That's why he didn't die. Yeah, he's a god. Ego, the living planet or whatever. And uh, that's the only reason he didn't die. So uh, Thor's like, I will do it. And they're like, no, no, no. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Because, you know, they're like, you're in no shape to do this. I don't. I didn't think they were talking about his physical shape. The fact that he had lost, gained some a few pounds. They are talking about his mental stability. Right. It's like you're going to have to be able to think clearly of what you want to right. happen when you snap. And uh, Hulk was like, maybe I will be strong enough to do it. And he just barely is. It really Fs him up. Yeah. But he does the snap. And I love the uh, that Scott looks like side and there's birds and stuff. And he's like, guys, I think it worked. And they have no way of knowing that until... Uh, Hawkeye's wife starts calling him and he's like looking, but during all of this nebula from the past, she's infiltrated them. They think she's regular nebula. She brings Thanos and his entire armada fleet or whatever into our present atmosphere. And, uh, right before he can say atmosphere. Yeah. Right before, uh, Hawkeye can say it worked or whatever. You know, they just start bombarding the shit out of everything. Just blasting them. Like, everyone gets uh, thrown aside like Rocket. I'm I'm afraid he's dead or crushed underneath something. Um, Rhodey, he has to just eject out of his suit to crawl out. Remember, he has no... Uh, he's paralyzed. He's paralyzed from Civil War. Um, and uh, Hawkeye... He gets the glove and Thanos. I love when Thanos just goes to the ground. He kind of kneels down. And he tells Nebby, he goes, bring me the stones. I'll wait here. And he's just kind of sitting there and you see Thor and Cap and uh, Tony. They're like, look at him down there. He's just like sitting there, you know, and they're like, we're going to take the fight to them. And, uh, one thing that Hulk said is, you know, he did the snap. He says he tried to bring Nat back, but he doesn't think it worked. Uh, 
I thought for sure at the end credits, we're going to see her on that planet and kind of wake up. She wouldn't be back on earth. She would just appear on that planet or something, Mm -hmm. but it didn't work because maybe it involved the stone and that's not how it works or something. I don't know. But the stones disintegrated everybody. So yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, they're, they're working on a black widow film as we speak or whatever, or they're casting it or whatever. So obviously, will it be set in the past? It's kind of a bummer when you watch a movie going, oh, these people died, but whatever. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, watching the uh, the cash in, the guy from Rogue One. They're doing a TV series about his character in mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk's a droid character. It's like, they die in Rogue One, but we're watching when they're alive, so it's happy or whatever. But <laughs> So anyway, um, when Thor... Captain America and Tony start fighting Thanos. First of all, friggin' awesome. Uh, he's kicking their asses, though. And the ship starts coming into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then that's when... Ta-da. Well, um... You want to get that far? Or no. Far? Okay, he's beating the shit out of Tony. He's beating Thor into the ground. He's got... He's taking... Thor's axe and he's driven into his chest and he's basically about to split him open. Remember this? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, like the hammer crashes into Thanos and you see it goes back into the hand of Captain America. Did the theater explode at that? Yes. I was like, whoa! And I was like, whoa, how can this be? (laughs) He is worthy. And I love when Thor goes, I knew it! (laughs) Because, you know, there's that part in Age of Ultron where they're all trying to lift the hammer. It wiggles a little bit. It kind of moves a little bit. I've seen some people think that when it moved a little bit, Steve was like, oh, yeah, I could lift this, but why would I? You know, it's not mine. Why? I'm not a show-off or anything like that. But some people are like, no, he wasn't worthy then, but he is now. And it's like, well, what happened between Age of Ultron and now? He was keeping the secret about uh, the uh, Bucky killing uh, Tony Stark's parents from Tony. So that kind of made him not worthy. But now that he knows and the truth's out, he is. I'm like, okay, you can't prove any of that. But still, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> but it was awesome, wasn't it? He's like using Thor's hammer to fight. And he's already, uh, you know, he's broken Cap's shield. And he's, uh, you know, Thor's down from the count. Tony's down for the count. It's just Cap left. And, you know, he didn't use the line, like, I could do this all day because they already used it. His arm is, like, split open. Did you see that? And he straps the, he's tightening what he has left of his shield. You see all these troops, the the Centauri, what are those called? The Chitauri warriors from uh, the first Avengers. They're out there in those weird ships and just... Last the, Starfighter. Yeah, Centauri. All of these friggin' uh, uh, Thanos troops are there. And he's like, bring me the stones. And meanwhile, uh, Hawkeye is running from all those creatures that were in uh, in, uh, in uh, Infinity War. I thought that was a cool scene. He's like chopping them in half with his sword and stuff. And he's running with the gauntlet. Uh, the Stark gauntlet now, I guess. <laughs> and uh it's a fantastic scene have you watched kevin smith's recap of this no i haven't it's so good if you watch it on youtube him reacting after he'd seen the film he bursts into tears so many times talking about moments <laughs> in this film it's so awesome because it is awesome you know 
it's basically Cap versus this, and I was like, this is it. This is where Cap dies. You know, yeah. he's gonna. He's going to shove that half shield through him and split him in half. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. And all of a sudden you hear, uh, Cap, on your left. And it's Sam. It's the Falcon. Yeah. And he he's dead. How could it be him? And all of a sudden all these portals open up. Black Panther is there. And I don't, you know, I was, you know, enjoying the film or whatever, but I was silent. People were like cheering and stuff, but... It wasn't until I saw Spidey swing through there. I went, yeah, I like started clapping. I was like, I was just like overcome with emotion there. And Emma was like looking at me like, ah, Spidey, you know, he's alive. (laughs) And we were like so excited. And, you know, like Thanos was like, oh, you know, he's got an army or whatever. And then the battle ensues. And I thought the battle was pretty amazing. That's when the ship comes in. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel comes through and just blasts through well, Thanos' mask. Should I say this? Captain Marvel's at the beginning of the film, and she kind of claims she has business in other galaxies or whatever. Yeah. She's not just serving Earth. She's, like, all over the place. And, uh, you know, Rocket makes a joke, like, you know, you're around getting new haircuts or whatever. She's like, there's a lot of dangerous people in other parts of the galaxy and stuff. So there's a part, you know... Where they're all fighting, all the Marvel characters, and Wanda, remember, you know, Thanos killed Vision, mm-hmm. and then he snapped her out of existence. So she's like, you took everything from me. And he's like, I don't even know you, <laughs> you know, because this was Thanos from the past. And she's like, you will. And she starts, like, She's kicking. whipping his ass. She is... She's basically going to kill him. She could have. She could have. And he's like, rain fire. And they're like, but sir, our troops. He goes, just do it. So they start firing down on everyone. And it kind of breaks her concentration. She gets knocked aside. And uh, there's they're all still chasing around the gauntlet. What is it like? Uh, they're they're passing it like a football. Yeah, I love where uh, you can tell Hawkeye, has Hawkeye doesn't want this responsibility anymore. And T'Challa, Black Panther, he's like, give it to me. And he starts running with it. And then doesn't uh, Spidey, he gets it at one point, and he jumps on Valkyrie's uh, Pegasus horse, and he's like, hello. And she's like, hi. And then uh, he's like, I got it. And I love when he's got the the suit, and he's all those creatures are attacking him, and he's like, uh, he sets it for kill, insta-kill. Because remember in... uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming, he's like, would you like to sit for insta-kill? He goes, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Remember? It kind of set up like that. But now he's like, yes, insta-kill mode. And it's like just all the spider, spider legs are stabbing out. him and stuff. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I just, I don't remember exactly. So what, after the uh, missiles start raining down, Captain Marvel mm-hmm. comes through. Well, remember the guns stop and they start turning towards the sky yeah. and they're like, what are they, what are they firing at? And all of a sudden you see, she just like destroys the entire ship. Yeah. And then she comes down and starts. Uh, she kind of gets beat by Thanos too. Well, yeah. Cause he has the gauntlet. And yeah. she grabs his fingers. It's like on, like breaking his hand, like trying to keep him from snapping. And he pulls one of the stones off and zaps her with one stone. And that yeah. kind of knocks her. And I remember Spider-Man saying, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And she goes, hello, Peter Parker, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I thought she was just going to have a bigger part in this. It just seemed kind of... 
frivolous from what, what I, did. I from what I understand is they filmed Infinity Several. they filmed Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. Uh back to back or whatever. And they hadn't yet filmed Captain Marvel, the movie yet. So they didn't even have a script for Captain Marvel. So they she's there, but they didn't have a lot of character development yet. Right. So that's uh, what I'm saying. It felt kind of like not quite pointless, but it's like well, um, they, it wasn't. You had no idea. She had no idea what to do in it. Right. We know she's powerful and stuff, but they. You're right. I honestly think the next Captain Marvel movie, the sequel, and they'll have more time to develop a character and all that stuff will be uh awesome i i think that uh i think we we basically established from the captain marvel film you know we know more about her but i think when they film this film they're like okay she's you know captain marvel she's super powerful she's female superman essentially Mm -hmm. that's what will make her in this and she's doing a good job of uh trying to defeat thanos but he zaps her and knocks her down for the count or whatever so basically the fight is a series of that and uh him getting uh I love the moment where uh Tony Stark says to Doctor Strange he goes remember when you said there was one moment in all those millions of times that worked is this it and he goes I can't tell you that or it won't work <laughs> and he's like all right fair enough and I also love that Pepper Potts is in her uh, her, her suit. female Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Woman and I believe suit. that's in the comics too. It's called Rescue. Her character is called Rescue, and she's like the Rescue Iron Man uh, suit. Uh, you know, everybody's fighting. It's awesome. And uh, can you think of any moments you thought was were really cool there? I, like you, Spider Man flying through. You know, and he's still the exuberant kid. I've read, and I haven't. I need to see the film again that when they show all the portals with the characters walking out, one of them is Howard the Duck holding two guns and he comes through a portal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little Easter egg. I was like, Howard the Duck is there? I gotta see this. But I'm sure it's like, you know. I have to go. Like I said, I need to go see it It's again. like E.T. In, uh, in Phantom Menace or something. Yeah. It's just like tiny, but you just see it briefly. Yeah, this I knew as I was watching this film, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this movie so many times." You know, when it's it's gonna be on Disney Plus in November or whatever, or in December, I'm gonna be watching this many times. Not just in the, I'll probably see it one more time in the theater, but then I'm gonna watch it at home many times. Um, Tony is trying to keep them from getting the thing. Also, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, my brain is going everywhere. Peter Quill, you know, he lost Gamora. Mm-hmm. He sees Gamora is there, but it's the past Gamora. And he's like, you're alive. And she knees him in the nuts. And she's <laughs> like, really? Is this? Remember, uh, Nebula actually wins past Gamora over to her side because Gamora doesn't want him to destroy everybody. Also, she knows it's bad. And uh, so she betrays Thanos, too. And I love the moment. She's like, really? This is the guy I pick? And she's like, it's either him or a talking tree. (laughs) I thought that was a good moment. So it comes down to the moment where Tony has to act. And I love Dr. Strange holds up because Tony and he holds up one finger like this is it. And he's got he's put the gauntlet on. He's like, 
and he's like about to snap. Tony goes over there and he wrestles with him, gets knocked aside. And then he's like, you're too late. Sorry. Oh, and remember he goes, before I was just going to remove 50% of, of life on this planet, but now you've made it personal. I'm going to, uh, this planet is going to be nothing but a pile of rubble, of dust. And so was, he's going to basically destroy Earth and kill everyone on it. And so he goes to snap and nothing happens. And then Tony's like, he goes, I am destiny or whatever. You can't fight it. I am destiny. He goes, oh, yeah, bud. Well, I am Iron Man. And he's got all the stones on it. He developed a gauntlet on his yeah. arms. And Remember, it's... his outfit's now nan- nano nanites yes. or whatever. And it, they kind of all go into place on his fist. And you see Thanos like, oh, shit. And he snaps. And that's when everyone just starts. You see all, all of Thanos' crew. Everybody just warriors. going into dust. Like all the characters that uh, died in Infinity War. You know, his little maw guy that he goes into dust. And you see Thanos, he just kind of like, it's like, uh, and he takes a knee there. He's just like. I've been defeated. <laughs> and he is... The la- he, yeah, he's the last one of his crew to... Yeah. ...be destroyed. And what's so sad there is they're like, Hey, Tony. And he's fried, man. And yeah, does he's he... the same thing. His whole right side is fried, yeah. burnt. And by the way, Hulk, he was out of action because he's in a sling. His yeah. arm is all tiny and like... A husk. Up, yeah. yeah, like is Hulk permanently messed up now? <laughs> Will he recover from that? I don't know, but Tony Stark, he basically made a choice. That one he did that one thing and uh he sacrificed himself for everyone. And uh it's a great moment. I love that Peter Parker, he's like, Hey, hey, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. And then Pepper, he's just kinda okay. like she kinda pulls him away and she's like, Hey, you did it. You saved everybody. You're good. We're all okay now. You're free, Tony. You know, whatever. And he's just like, does he? I don't even think he says anything, does he? He's just kind of like, Ugh. And then you see his his arc reactor on his chest goes out. Man. Well, and did he do the Love ha- You 3000 at the end? He said that to his daughter earlier. Maybe she uh, Pepper said that to him. I don't know. I've got to see the movie again. But all I know is I looked at Emma, just waterfalls coming out of her face. (laughs) And, uh, man, that was a really good send-off. First of all, I thought for sure uh, Steve Rogers is going to die. He doesn't. Uh, Tony Stark saved everybody. They defeat Thanos. Uh, Gamora disappears. But uh, cut to his funeral. Were you wondering who that young kid was? Like, I was like, who's that guy? They're showing all the Marvel characters and this young kid standing there. Like, who's that kid? And uh, I asked Emma, I go, who was that? She goes, I have no idea. And, of course, I read later. Yeah, I read who it's, it was. It's a little kid from Iron Man 3. Yes. Like, grown up. Like, Tony made sure he had a lab. and Yeah, he basically sponsored the kid or whatever. Yeah. So maybe that kid will one day be something in the Marvel Universe. They've introduced you He's know the new iron man hawkeye's daughter has the same talents he does they've established uh tony stark you know he has a daughter uh maybe this kid harley or whatever his name is he'll be something in the new marvel universe i don't know establishing the new generation 
good stuff. Um, so now you cut to Steve Rogers having to take back all the stones. Right. At first, Thor, he decides, he puts Valkyrie in charge of Asgard. He makes her the ruler yeah, of yes. Asgard. And he's like, you know, I've had enough. You know, I'm going to just go out there and find myself in the galaxy. And he's going to go off with the Asgardians of the galaxy. <laughs> I thought Peter Quill's like immediately threatened by this. <laughs> like They're fighting over who's the captain. <laughs> yeah. He's just like... Um, yeah, you're the captain. Gives him a little wink. He's and like, I am the captain. <laughs> I like how the other characters, like, they're like, I think they should fight it out. Who, which, Whoever wins is worthy of being captain. He's like, oh, no, 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 we don't do... I think they should use knives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, use knives. And he's like, no, no, we won't be using knives. And Thor's like, no, nobody will be stabbing anyone. <laughs> And he's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just part of the crew. I love whatever is going to happen in Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or whatever will involve Thor. Because Chris Hemsworth, obviously, he's not retired from these movies. And they're bringing back uh, the director mm-hmm. from the first James one. Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes off with them. Funny stuff, right? Good stuff. I love when Groot comes back, too. That was great. Remember when Rocket's like, Groot, you know. By the way, I still love that joke from Infinity where when I watch it, he's like, this is Rabbit and this is Tree. He's like, I am Groot. And Steve Rogers goes, I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> I love that bit. But uh, I, I just was thinking of something. Um, shit. Don't lose it, Jason. It's in your brain. You were about to say, oh, well, it's gone. Uh, so anyway, Captain America, Steve Rogers, he needs to return all the stones. He's tasked with returning all of them. And he's like, uh, you should be back. He should be five back minutes. Any, in five minutes. And he doesn't come back. And I've uh, read since then that he told Bucky what he was going to do. Yeah. Bucky's not surprised because he kind of, Sam's like, Cap, Cap, where are you? He's like, do you read me? And he's like, hey. And he kind of points over there and you see this guy sitting there and he walks over and it's a really old man and it's Steve Rogers. He's like, I took some time for myself. <laughs> so basically he went back, returned everything, but Hooked decided Peggy did a little veer <laughs> off to Peggy Carter time. And from what I believe he started a new timeline with him, his, himself and Peggy Carter where he stayed with her and they got married and stuff. Right. Yeah. And so he's merely at the end visiting our timeline to give them the shield. And I see there was something I read too about where Steve Rogers is, uh, he sees the young Peggy's daughter and he kisses her in another movie or something. Uh, they're talking about, uh, Peggy Carter, which yeah, is, Peggy Carter. Uh, not Peggy Carter, Sharon Carter, which is Peggy Carter's niece. Oh, okay. And they were saying it's her daughter, and it's like, no, oh, no, no, that could it, be Caps kissing his uh, own daughter. No, <laughs> it, it's his niece. So I, I was like, I don't know what was going it, on. It's still weird, but it's his niece. But it's a different timeline yeah. now, so it's okay. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, Luke made out with his sister, right? <laughs> He kissed his, out, but... They had a pretty deep kiss in yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I mean, that's still... Uh, but he... 
Yeah, the weirder part about that is she knew it all along. So. <laughs> she didn't know uh, Sharon Carter? No, 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 no. Oh, Princess uh, Leia. Oh. <laughs> I, I kind of had this feeling all along. Why did, so you, why did you kiss me? me? <laughs> it's just to make Han jealous. But um, yeah, I heard some people on another podcast were saying that, look, he was making out with his daughter. And I was like, that's not his daughter. It's his okay. niece. Or not even his niece. It's just Peggy Carter's niece. It's not related to him by yeah, blood at by, all. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. Uh, it's, you know, It's not that weird. Yeah, it's not that weird. Uh, okay. And plus, we got I said, that. I read it, and I was just like going that great moment in Civil War where he kisses her, and it shows Sam and Bucky going, "Yeah," kind of <laughs> like nodding, like, "All right," you know, because everyone speculated Cap hasn't been with anybody because he was meant for Peggy Carter. He's just yeah. been, uh, you He's know, the forty-year-old virgin. Yeah, yeah, essentially, or however old he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's way know, older. Than... <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought that was a great send-off for Steve, and he gives uh, Sam the shield. Yes. And some people are like, why didn't he give Bucky the shield? And people are like, well, Bucky's still kind of a wanted criminal. It wouldn't be right, you know. You know, But Falcon, he flies and stuff. He's got wings. He's a badass guy on wings. How's he going to lug that shield around? I have a feeling because, you know, they're going to do a Winter sh- uh, Soldier uh, Falcon no, Winter Soldier Falcon series on Disney oh, Plus. Okay, gotcha. I I would love to see them both using the shield in combat, like they throw it to each other and yeah, stuff. Whenever they need it. Kind of like Tony and Bucky do when they're fighting uh Iron Man in Civil War, you know, kind of trading it off. How great would that be? It's like, hey, you take it. And they throw it back. I could just imagine badass fights and stuff. Thought that was uh they're like, So are you gonna tell me about that? And he's got a wedding ring on. He goes, no, I don't think I will. And it goes into the past, and you see, you know, uh, Steve has always said to Peggy Carter as he's on the plane, he goes, you save that dance for me. It's like, yeah, never got that dance. And you see them dancing, and then that's the ending of the movie. And I'm sure I forgot a lot of shit, but that was awesome, wasn't <laughs> it? I thought it was great. Yes, good movie. Uh, I was confused by some of the time stuff, but I didn't really care. It was good enough for me. Uh, as long, you know, when they say they're returning the stones, though, the one thing that got me for a second, like Thor's hammer, how's Thor going to get his hammer back? And it was like, he cap has his Thor's cap hammer. Can- when he goes back, he's like, I'll be right back. You know, he's got the Thor's hammer. He's got the stones and he leaves. So he obviously returns. And I heard somebody go, yeah, but where did he put the hammer? Where Thor could find it? It's like, Thor doesn't, all he's got to do is Thor hold has, out his hand. Thor has lost it many times and just held out his hand. And, and it you hear through. it, it's a running joke in Marvel movies where you hear crashing and it going through stuff. And then, you know, like, remember in Doctor Strange's Sanctorum, Inner Sanctorum or whatever it's called. Sanctorum. Sanctuary Sanctorum. What is that thing called? But anyway, he's holding out his hand and you hear and all of a sudden it comes to his hand. It's funny. So it does. Steve could have appeared and just dropped it on the floor. Thor will get it, you know? It doesn't matter where he puts it. Give me a break. Uh, And then, you know, there's no end credit things. You just hear cling, cling. Did you guys wait till the very end? Yes. And uh, I've read since then that that's the sound of Tony making the first Iron Man suit in oh. the original, the movie when he's making the suit in the cave. Iron Man 1, yeah. Yeah, that clinging is from that scene. 
Oh, okay. And it's kind of like Tony, you know, he's your, the glue that he's the glue that held the Marvel movies together, right? And I thought, uh, wow, Robert Downey Jr. did a great job. I thought the Russo brothers did a great job. Yes. Uh, so many great moments in the film that, you know, I remembered the Hell Hydra thing. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff. I love the taco part where Scott Link's taco gets blown oh, yeah. away and Hulk brings him a new taco. <laughs> uh, just stuff like that. Nice Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> we got a young Michael Douglas effect. Did you spot, I read about it and I didn't realize that's what I was looking at. The Stan Lee cameo was in the past and it was young Stanley. He was driving the car with the, and it said enough set on the license plate and he had two ladies on his side. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, yeah. or were they two ladies to his side? They're not both on either side of him cause he's driving, but, um, they used the de-aging effect on Stan Lee to mm-hmm. match the way he looked in the seventies. And I need to watch it again to appreciate it, but I was kind of like, huh, what's going on here? I don't understand. And on the Michael Douglas young thing, I noticed that cause I knew who that was. I thought that was funny. They, uh, get some more pim particle. I think anything that really just nothing surprised. I mean, I don't want to say it all, I, I went into it open, so it's not like I was expecting anything. So I, I didn't have any surprises. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting this. I oh, never no, I'm surprised for, because that happened. I never for a mi- moment. I guess. I guess my my two surprises would be the deaths of Black Widow and Tony. Yes, I never like, for a moment. I didn't know who was going to die. Did you do this? Because I didn't. I never speculated how they would fix this. I wondered. Like, oh, what are they going to do? But I didn't in my head. Maybe they'll do this. Or maybe they'll do this. I never, I just didn't think well, about it. Well, my speculation was they were going to go to where Thanos was, get the glove, mm-hmm. and, and undo, undo it. it. Yeah, I didn't even know if that was a possibility. I, I, I didn't again, know how that, it worked. That was just, that was my only thought about it. It's like, oh, they got to so, go get the stones. The fact, whatever they gave me was good. I, w- I wasn't like, mm, this didn't work for me. I was good. Oh no, Steven, there's that guy. Strangle. Did he have a left like No, I I didn't hear him other than the crunching and the (laughs) slurping. So Steven, do you do you think that Endgame was a good send off of the Avengers and this whole era of Marvel films that Yeah. You know what was funny is I was looking at Emma, she was like, This is the best movie ever and she had tears (laughs) on her face. She was in the theater with us for that Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Remember, yeah. she's a little little kid. Yep. She's subsequently seen every Marvel movie with me, except for uh, Black Panther she saw with her grandparents. And she never saw... She said, I don't think I've ever seen Iron Man 3, but she's seen all the other ones. And I don't think she's seen the Edward Norton Hulk. But... Uh, that seems to get left out, doesn't it? When people yeah. are when people are ranking the Marvel films, I never see Hulk on there. <laughs> they just kind of forget about it, and which is unfortunate. The Edward Norton one was good. The Ang Lee was one, fun. yeah. I mean, uh, Ang Lee was longish. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and he tried. To... But that's technically not a Marvel MCU film. Yeah, it's, you know when it was with whatever Universal or whatever. Um, that's another thing. When I see these X-Men trailers and it says Marvel, I just want to say it's not MCU people. You know, this is Fox, right guys? And 
this will be the last Fox film, hopefully, until maybe New Mutants, <laughs> if they're not shelving that. I can't wait to see. I really, I know some people don't care, but I really want Fantastic Four to be done correctly. Oh, yeah. I would love that, you know? I really want that. We've had, what, essentially three, four? Because we haven't gotten a decent Doctor Doom. I would love an awesome MCU yeah. Doctor Doom. Because he's a, he's a pretty, he's a good adversary in the comic books. In the movies, it's just like, Julian McMahon from Nip Tuck is uh, Dr. Doom. I don't know. Uh, Michael Chiklis is the thing. Uh, the great, the best part of those movies, seriously, is Chris Evans as the Human Torch. Yeah. I thought he did a great job. And it was funny, I was reading recently a Kevin Feige interview, and they were like, uh, it was uh, actually a Chris Evans piece, but they were talking to Kevin Feige, you know, like, Originally, he wasn't going to consider, he wasn't even going to consider Chris Evans because he was the Human Torch. Yeah. And he was like, people think of him as a Human Torch. He couldn't be Cap. And then he started coming around after he met him and talked to him and stuff. He's like, no, no, he could be a Captain America. I could see him as that. So the other one's not the MCU anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, uh, have you seen the trailer for... The new Spider-Man? Yes. The yes, new new trailer yes, yes. from this week. Yes. Because now it's showing that uh, Pete's still messed up from Tony. Yes. And they've established that. And I love... They go to France. They for... show even Happy's like, you know, he's still messed up too as his friend. Oh, that was a great scene too with the, his daughter. And he's like, oh, I want a cheeseburger. And he's like, oh, your dad loved cheeseburgers. Yeah. I'm going to get you all the cheeseburgers you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a sweet scene. Um, good stuff. Tug on the heartstrings. Uh, like I said, I was very distracted at the beginning of the film because I was having a slight anxiety I was attack. Three quarters of the movie with popcorn chewy. I didn't. I didn't know the, if the lights would ever shut off, and it kind of changed my energy for the film. And it was half plus of the movie. He, I, I just heard chewing. Uh, we got home three three a.m. Yeah. Is that about right? Yep. Yep. Three. And when I got home, I told Heather, I was like. I can't watch movies this late anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I was fine with it. It didn't bother me because I stay up late. I, f- I felt... Anyways. Uh, I you know, s- week, weeknights, I'm up till midnight, so... I had to get up relatively early next day for something, and then Sundays, that's when I slept till like... Uh, noon. Noon. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the day? What happened? Where is everybody? Five years later. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Now tell me about the Pet cemetery moment. Okay. So if Popcorn Chewy wasn't bad enough, so sitting there, lights go down, trailers are playing, movie starts, couple next to me, the girl reaches into a bag. She brought from home? Brought from home. Pull, no, well, probably from a... I mean, she brought this bag from home. This big bag. Reaches in, hands <laughs> this styrofoam container to her boyfriend, who's sitting next to me. Opens it up. There's a four-course fucking meal. <laughs> and you're not All in, I, like, uh, it, 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 Alamo it's Draft like, House, it's like, right? Yeah, it's like El Phoenix in his lap. You know, he's. I see beans and rice. Whoa! And, I mean, it's a meal. They basically brought Taco they Bueno brought or Taco Bueno or Taco Cabana, El Chico to go. <laughs> they brought something in there, and it's like, you sons of bitches. And is it wafting yes. through the whole theater? Well, next to me, because that's all I can smell. It's like, 
Mexican rice, I, um, beans. Hey, uh, tortilla. Chicken. Can I get some beans on there? Yeah. A couple of fajita. You want to hand me one of them tacos? <laughs> yeah. Here you go, sir. So, I mean, yeah, all of a sudden now, through the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes of that, he's got it balanced on his lap, eating. Oh, no. Is there a jump point in the movie where the food went everywhere? No, 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 no. <laughs> just no, like friggin'. It's just, and then, you know, they finish their meal, and all of a sudden now it's all the squeaky styrofoam going back in the bed. <laughs> no, they didn't even do that. They just set it on the ground because then they left it there uh, after they left. That's the worst. That's one thing. When movies are over and you see the plethora of empty containers, I'm like, I mean, it's not small, that hard, people. A little small spilled popcorn here and there, fine. And we've talked about the asshole move now because we're all in recliners. People who don't even recline their seat back to seating position, they just leave it reclined with it sticking out. They just get up and leave like that. They yeah. can't even return it to the seated position. So two nights in a row, was it two nights? It's all, or two weeks in a row, I guess. So Pet Cemetery came out before Endgame, right? I think it was a while further back than that. So, yeah, one weekend, well, we saw it the on like Saturday night. So mm-hmm. it was like the week before... We saw Endgame. It was just right. like, so two weeks in a row, I got weird eating happen next to me. Yeah. Loud guy, then full meals, you know, styrofoam containers. And <laughs> just like. Uh, it's the worst. I'm going to get up and start reporting people. I I mean, I guess you can't report the chewy popcorn dude. But I've got a voice in my head popcorn where. And it's from the theater there. We'll be sitting there and then you see like kids. <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 please, not on our aisle, not on our aisle, please. And then they come to the top row and it's like, so it's going to be like that, huh? Great. So I, I thought about just grabbing a mouthful and just turning and just start chewing at the kid next to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought about like different things. Hey, um, could you guys keep it down? Hey, will you guys shut up? You know, just different versions. Can you chew with your mouth shut, and please? I thought part of now, the, the Mexican vo- food thing, I could have gone and said, hey, there's people in here with it, but I don't want to miss the movie. Yeah. That's another thing I have anxiety for. I don't want to miss any of the movie. And that's another thing with the kids next to me. I'm thinking in my head, they're just enjoying themselves, Jason. I'm like, yeah, but they're sitting next to me. But a full meal that is like... That, that's if, a bit much. If you'd have left an hour and a half earlier, gone and ate, came here. By the way, I bought a package of Twizzlers, never opened them in the whole film. I was like, I can't eat Twizzlers this late at night. <laughs> <laughs> and I just bare, I didn't have to pee either. I told Heather, I was like, I can make it home without having to pee. Emma was like, I can't. <laughs> she got up during a movie and I go, uh, you're going to miss something. She was like, I'm fine. And later on, she said, I read at a point where they said, you should go to the bathroom at this moment. And I was like, what was it? And it was like uh, Thor talking about something. I don't remember. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like, okay, if you say so. So, yeah, I, I have the worst luck with people sitting next to me. Yeah. I need to buy just a buffer seat. There's nothing worse than Kong Skull Island. That was the worst. I don't know. The, I, I, the chewy guy, because it's super loud. He's and They're both so distracting. The food smell, I'm going to yeah. kind of like almost even, t- maybe the little kid jumping around in the seat was a little more uh, distracting. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that one, popcorn, food. 
You know, there. It's, like, that's it's kinda, true because in a theater, when you start seeing people move, you know, other you than, can smell things much stronger in a theater because it's an enclosed environment. Like, because uh, I mean, you reach up and you see somebody grab a handful of popcorn and they'll eat a few pieces. You one know? thing Heather's mom likes to do in theaters, and I'm not throwing her under the bus or anything, but she will get like uh, the jalapenos and put them on a napkin. So in the theater, she'll like eat jalapenos. And as soon as she opens that napkin, it's just like, whoa, like yeah, it's yeah. strong. You, the spi- you smell the spiciness of the jalapeno. Yeah, I'm just like, whoa, dude. Like you can smell it big time. But yeah, so I, so at Avengers, I had Noisy Kid, Melissa, and her boy. So it's like, I can't swap position because <laughs> Melissa yeah. wants to sit next to the boys. I just, I wanted to, <laughs> uh, one thing I said after the movie and I go, uh, boy, were you lucky you didn't sit where I was sitting. She was like, well, the guy next to me kept crying. And I was like, I'll deal with crying. But but that was you. <laughs> remember, <laughs> do you remember Infinity War? Do you remember when you and I saw Infinity yeah. War? The, the girl was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have any of that, which yeah. would have been hilarious. It's like, that it's that in, girl again. That was kind of in front of us, though. No, she was. Uh, was remember, one in front of us, it was, too. It was you, me, Empty seat because Heather oh. didn't go, and then that girl crying girl, yeah, and that's she right. was like, yeah. and remember there was a big guy afterwards. He's like, my boy Spider Man, and he was like crying, and that was great. Spider Man, Stephen. Uh, so yeah, my horrible movies experiences. Yeah, hopefully that never happens again, right? So what did I go? I went and saw something. Our luck's got to change, right? <laughs> what did I see out of town? I went to the theater by myself, up in. Steven, I wanted to quickly tell remember. you about a game I've been playing, if that's okay. Sure. I've been playing a game called Days Gone. Have you heard of this game? Yeah, that's the zombie game. It's a biker. It's a game where you're a biker in a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But they're actually freakers, as they say in the uh, game. But they're zombies. But they are alive. They're not undead. They're infected zombies. Like, <laughs> like that. And when I started playing it, the world is very bleak. You play a biker named Deacon St. John, <laughs> and you're riding your lone warrior on a bike, and there are different encampments of civilized people, and you'll do bounties for them. They're like, this guy, he killed three of our people, and he stole this. You need to go track him down. So you go track him down, and you kill him, while at the same time so avoiding... So Red, Red, Red Dead Redemption with zombies on you, a motorcycle. You're avoiding <laughs> zombies. You're avoiding wolves and bears also. The wolves in this game are hilarious. You hear... And I'm like, oh, shit. And all of a sudden... It'll like come out of nowhere. And there's usually three, four, sometimes five of them. And they run around so much, you're trying to... And you can't hit them. By the way, whenever you fire a gun out loud, it attracts freakers, and they come to investigate. So you have silencers, but they're oil filters from cars. And they wear out. After you use them, like, take 20 shots, it'll go and break off, and your gun will start making sound again. Uh, The funniest thing, though, is I have an M60 with one of these silencers on it, and I'm like... And it goes like immediately, like a, like a, it's an M60. You can't silence an M60. And I'm you know, it's just like like you're just waking up the entire neighborhood when you're firing that thing. <laughs> uh, so the in this game, you you have your best bud Boozer. 
you know, he's a fellow biker and you're trying to keep him alive. There's flashbacks to when you had a wife and it's when the outbreak is first happening and you're in a city and she's like, he's like, come on, we got to get out of here. The choppers are, they're taking people to a safe, safe zone. And she's like, wait, this little girl, she's hurt. She's like, little girl, are you okay? And she has a knife. She goes, get away. And she stabs his wife in the stomach. And he's like, oh my God, put pressure on it. So they're like trying to get out of there. And they go to a chopper and the guy's like, the chopper is full. You know, there's only enough. Well, there's only enough room for two more people, but there's three people. So obviously you guys, you know, it's Boozer, Deacon and his wife. And he's like, you need to take my wife. Let her go. And so he's like, let her go. And he puts a gun to the guy's head. And he's like, all right, man, she can get on. And he's like, you, there's room for one more if you want to come. And he's like, I can't leave Boozer behind. And his wife's like, Deacon, come on. And he's like, I'm sorry. I can't leave Boozer behind. He'll never make it on his own. And Boozer's like, no, I'll be all right. And he goes, no, no. And I was thinking about this. And so the helicopter takes off and the wife's like looking at him like, what are you doing? And he's like, I had to see with Boozer. I'd be like, okay, zombie apocalypse. Heather's stabbed in the stomach on a helicopter. She's like, Jason, come on. I'm like, well, what about Steven? You know, I got to stay with Steven. And she'd be like, oh, hell no. Get on this helicopter. I'd be like, Dude, I'm sorry, Steven. Steven. Never make it on his own. <laughs> I'd be like, Steven, you know, she's gonna be pissed. I gotta go, dude. Uh, good luck. You know, I was thinking about like the sh- the game totally uh, lost to me at uh, that part because uh, our thirty years together. <laughs> Deacon chooses his friend <laughs> over his wife, and so basically, what happens when he gets to the camp? It's overrun, and everyone was killed. And he's like, my wife's dead, man. Sucks. So he's now a broken man, and he talks to his un- his dead wife a lot. Not undead. She's not a zombie. Um, uh, Boozer gets hurt really bad by these guys called Rippers who worship the Freakers, and they cut their bodies all up, and yeah. they don't like tattoos and stuff, so they burn the tattoos off his arm. So you save him, but his arm is all jacked up (laughs) and you take, you live in a fire tower, like in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and that's where you kind of stay. And so the beginning of the game, you're trying to help him and get him medicine. He's so stubborn. He won't let you get him bandages or anything. He's like, Oh God, myself and get some. It's like, you can't do anything. Your arm is totally jacked up, dude. (laughs) And it's funny. At one point he's like, I remember lavender that'll help with burns. And he there's a flashback in the game where she's a botanist and she's like, yeah, lavender, that's good for all sorts of things. And you go picking flowers and I'm like, really game? I needed a flashback for this. Okay. So I go out and I have to go pick lavender, but it's near what's called a horde in the game. A horde is when you have 50 freakers or a hundred or 200 all in a bunch. And the first time you see it, it is unsettling. Mostly, Mostly what I fought is maybe up to five at once and you can, uh, you can have an ax or a melee weapon and you can do a tuck and roll. Like you hit one tuck and roll, jump up again, hit one. And you just keep doing that until they're all dead. Now, when there's 50 to a hundred of them, you just have to run and go, ah, you know, like that. (laughs) At one point this happened where I was sneaking in. There's a lot of sneaking where you're very quiet in the game and i it's mostly solid snake action this game is a lot of stealth when you sneak up against one and stab it in the head it's easier uh until you alert some and then you have to fight them head on so i was sneaking around you're looting stuff you get 
different things that you piece together, uh, which I love scavenging in games. It remind me of Mad Max, you know, you're going around scavenging and stuff. I see this train car and there's one guy in there, one freaker. And I'm like, I got a trusty silent crossbow headshot. You can drop them just like that. So I'm like, got a nice headshot. All of a sudden, and I'm like, what the hell? How many are in there? Like, it's like 50 of them. They're all in there. I was like, oh, shit. And I start running and they're just, and I'm dead. So anyway, you come back to life, you know, and you're right there at spot. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> that was unnerving. I don't want that to happen again. So there are these outposts called Nero checkpoints where they, they had labs set up. And you have to put gas in a generator and start it up. And then you can open the door because it's electronic powered like keypad. Well, there are broadcast speakers. So the first time you do it, it's like, uh, form line. So it's like, you know, like all the creatures come alive and they start running towards the speakers where you are. And you're like, oh, shit. So then you realize, okay, if you die or whatever, you can get and come back. You then, okay, take three, okay, crawl up on top of it. The speakers, you can cut the wires. Okay, there's another speaker over here. Okay, got it. Put the gas in. Start it up. There's a speaker down the ways a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're like, damn it. So you're like hiding, and you're like, they can't come in here, right? The doors are shield. They start pouring in the door. They can't come in here. So anyway, okay, die again. Take four. Okay, here we go. Speaker Speaker here. Speaker speaker two. two, Speaker three. Go down. Speaker three. But they're all gathered there, kind of huddled over, and they're all kind of like hibernating. And there's the speaker. I'm like, can I sneak by them and get the speaker? Or I decide this. I decide I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in and start the generator, run in. You have to get these, this uh, injector thing, inject it in your neck. You can in- increase your health, increase your stamina, or increase your focus. Focus is slow down, like bullet time where yeah. you can aim. So each of these narrow checkpoints, you get one of those. So I'm like, I'm going to go in there, get the injector, and then run the whole ass out of there. So that's what I do. I realize I can't get to the speaker. It's just too far away. And so I hop on my back, and you just hear it behind you. It's so unnerving. You're like, just cry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and there's a couple of times where I've had to drive back through there, and I'm driving, and you see the horde, and you're like, oh yeah, ah! you know, you have nitrous. <laughs> and finally, uh, the other day, I was like, I snuck by, and the horde was walking around another area, and I hopped off my bike, ran over there. The speaker was still blaring, by the way, but I guess they were used to it. And I cut the speaker finally, and I drove away. Uh, the game is a lot of fun. It is goofy as hell, though, because, okay, I played Red Dead Redemption. There's so many missions in that game where someone's like, help me. My horse, it threw a shoe, and it knocked me off, and I need to go back to the town. And you're like, okay, get on the horse, and you ride him back to town. And this game, you'll be riding along, and someone's like, help, help. And there's freakers on top of the car. They're like, rah, rah. so you go, you kill the freakers, and the guy gets out of the car. He's like, oh, my God, I thought I was I was a goner for sure. Thanks, man. 
can you please help me? And you're like, yeah, there's a camera back there. It's about 20 miles. Check it out. Give him the name Deacon St. John. And the guy's like, okay, thanks. And he goes walking off. And I'm like, dude, give him a ride. What is your problem? <laughs> and you don't give people rides. You just say, yeah, go to this camp. Like 20 miles on foot. This guy is going to die in like one mile. He doesn't have weapons or anything. He's not going to make it by the way station where all the freakers are. He's not a badass like Deacon St. John. <laughs> Deacon St. John. <laughs> I love that. Deacon St. John. Or Deke. People call him Deke. Um, Emma watched one cut scene where he was, this uh, character was like, you got to come see the sawmill or whatever. And as soon as we drove up and I go, I recognize this. This is from the E3 trailer that they showed. And she's like, Look at them. And there's like hundreds. I'm not kidding. Maybe 200, 300. They're all like, and they're like roaming around, like all just moving in a cluster, like World War Z, essentially. He's like, oh my God, I've never seen this many in one place. And I'm looking at Emma and I go, I'm never coming back here. I don't care if there is a mission here. I'm not coming over here, you know. So they have fast zombies in this? The Freakers, Fast Freakers? Yeah, they have uh, several different ones. Uh, There's one called a Breaker, which is like the Incredible Hulk. He's super fast and he's super strong. If he grabs you, you're dead. You got to just keep running like, ah! There are bear traps in the game. You can put a bear trap down with explosives. And, like, set it up, like, two bear traps, another explosive. And then kind of, like, get his attention, like, maybe shoot at him. And he's like, raw, And then he gets trapped, and then it blows up, takes off part of his hull. And then he's like, raw, comes at you again. Then he steps in the other bear trap. But you don't always have bear traps, so it doesn't always work. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of throwing of Molotov cocktails in the game. Um, but... I realize you have to build up stamina and health and get better weapons. Like there are different tiers in the camps, like your level one, level two, level three is like all the awesome weapons. So I can see, I'm not going to fight a horde probably till I've unlocked tier three, three and I can run like fast for much longer than like uh five yeah. seconds, you know? Um, I told you, it's kind of like the art game that I play where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you, as you, you build, get better. You get levels. You can. You have like uh, different abilities. You can upgrade. So, yeah, oh, I'm you get, upgrade my health, my stamina. You get skill points in this. My, like my weight. One thing that I think is funny is you sleep in the game. Like mm-hmm. you he, see Z's on a bed. You can go over. and He's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get some rest. And he takes. Uh, he goes to sleep. I don't know if I have to sleep ever, but I just do because when it's pitch black, I'm like, I'd rather play this in the daytime. You That's never... the way with Ark. You can't really play it at night because you will get killed. Right. So you have it's to just... sit. And it, I think night lasts about six or seven, there's, eight minutes. There's times when I, and it's dark, and I hear, and I'm like, you know, screw this. I'm going back to bed, <laughs> you know, and I'll wake up in the bright early morning. And I told, I've got my horde of, I've got a mechanical raptor. I've got nice. a few different creatures. So well, with something wonder there's Dilophosaurus right, come into the cr- camp occasionally, and all of a sudden you'll <laughs> hear you'll hear you know all this fighting, and you go outside and where you left your animals, they're somewhere else, and then there's a dead Dilophosaurus that they've killed. <laughs> well, that's one thing that's interesting in this game: the dead bodies stay when you leave and come back; they're still there. Well, you can take to any of the any of the creatures, you chop it up. 
Well, you yeah. get a sword, a pick, an axe, whatever, and you'll get different things from it. You'll get meat if you use the sword. You'll get a lot of meat. You use an axe, you get That's more a, hides. One thing that's interesting about this, you can uh, harvest animal parts and stuff. You can also pick fruit and stuff, but you never eat. You take it to a camp and you give it to the cook and you, right. get, you get points for it or credits. Yeah, you have to eat art. Here's the funniest part about this game, and tell me if you don't think this is hilarious. Currency is freaker ears. So as you kill him, you hear slice and he goes, that's another one. And <laughs> so when you go to, to turn in your bounties, you see a guy there, there's ears all over it. And he's got a scale and he's like, whoa, nice haul. And I'm like, really? I'm collecting ears and turning them in. How do they know these are freaker ears? They could be human ears or whatever. But uh, there's parts where you there are infected wolves and infected bears, and you take their ears and turn them in. And I thought that was so funny. Here's some wolf ears. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So, but you have to see the visual. It's a scale in ear parts, and the person's like, ah. And I'm like, who would what want do you this do job? With them? I don't know. The, the idea of it is you're ridding the world of the freakers. And part of the game, like, a lot of it is you're going out and you're defeating your enemy camps, uh, ripper camps, and Nero camps. Like, it's a lot of camps and rescuing people. And then there will be a, a bounties where you'll go get a bad guy. There's been some motorcycle chases. Um, but the main thing is that you're just repeatedly going to camps, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, whenever you go to camp, he's like, I bet there's a bunker around here somewhere. So you go find a bunker and you go underground and he finds a map and then more of the map game map opens up and you see yeah. more stuff, uh, places you can go. And they have freaker nests where they actually, it's like a bird's nest, like a giant bird's nest. And if you throw a Molotov in there to burn it out, like five of them come running out towards you and you're like, ah, shit. So you have to prepare for that somehow. Um, <laughs> I've several times been out at about and I'm like, uh, sneaking up doing stealth and then I'll kind of turn and I'll go, what's that sound? I'll look to the left hundred freakers in a herd, just kind of walking by. And I'm like, just like, let them walk by. Just let them. Cause if I fire my gun, they'll all come investigate and they'll. So I just like wait for a long time sitting watching them. And it is pretty crazy to see. Like I showed Emma and it's pretty crazy. I showed her some YouTube videos of people playing the game and being freaked out by it. But there are some weird glitches in the game too. I've had NPCs just frozen in place and they'll like go, ah, I've been shot. And they'll just stay there. I'm like, okay, well, and I'll just, I have uh, my crossbow in the game. It's out of ammo, out of arrows, and whenever I go to, you take break branches off trees and you make new arrows, it says max. It's filled up, so I can't get any more arrows. So my crossbow is bugged in the game, and I don't know what to do. And that's like my stealth weapon, and I'm really annoyed by it. And I have, I've been looking on Google, like, how do you do this? And I can't find any information. The only thing I can think of is going back and... Starting uh, like an earlier save in the game. I don't want to do that. I've done so much. So I switched to a si sniper rifle with a scope. I mean, with a silencer. Uh, and I'm like, well, can't use the crossbow anymore. But it really sucks because the weapon's bugged. That really yeah. sucks. 
I haven't encountered a lot of stuff like that in games I played, and that's kind of crazy. I told you, mine. I have a crossbow in my art game, and you can make uh, essentially poison arrows. They're uh, mm-hmm. tranquilizer arrows, and that's how you train your animals. Cool. So it, it takes like twenty or thirty trank arrows to knock down a T Rex. This you but can once you shoot one, they start coming after you. <laughs> you and, can construct an arrow with some kind of uh, serum on it that makes the freakers turn on each other, and that was cool until I couldn't use my crossbow anymore. <laughs> so then they've got like there's there's alpha creatures, and mm-hmm. they have this red glow to them, and you can't trank them, you can't train them, you know. So the only thing you can do is kill them. Mm-hmm. So that you have to, it's it's like I had a. Carnotaur, Carnotaur, and had to kill him because he was just all red, you know, just mean and fighting. (laughs) You know what's really unnerving in Days Gone? There's children freakers, (laughs) and they're called newts, and they're like, (laughs) they sound like kids, and I'm like, dude. mostly come at night. Mostly. They they will stay on they'll stay on the roofs of buildings because the other freakers will eat them, so they stay away. But if you have to crawl up there for anything, they attack you and you have to bludgeon them to death with a, with a bat or something. Because it's hard to shoot them because they keep moving around I'm like, I'll just beat them to death. And right now my weapon of choice is a baseball bat with a buzzsaw blade in the center of it so it's like an axe With a saw blade. and it's got barbed wire like holding it on and you can find different recipes to unlock these weapons in the game and uh, I'm like the machete before that and there's uh, weapon degre- degradation after you use enough it'll fall apart yeah, yeah. And the bat will break off and he'll just shove the handle in like an eye socket or just and it's broken <laughs> but I can keep repairing it if I find parts and I'm like what parts am I using to put this bat back together I don't know but uh, stuff like that just makes me so mad when I have to f- keep fixing a baseball bat yeah, um, same thing on, on my game too you gotta go mine ore to make metal to make an iron yeah i mean to repair i can understand why it's because motivation to keep doing stuff but um there are parts in this game that i know that are more intense that i'm coming up to (laughs) because uh deacon took a guy out and he goes i've been studying the migration pattern of these hordes the reason we can't get rid of these is they keep coming up from other states they're traveling in packs up here and they and he goes up and he goes all the way and he goes look and they're going into a cave in the mountains and he goes we plant some tnt blow it up cause an avalanche seal all those bastards in there they won't bother us anymore so i'm like so you know, there's going to be a mission where i have to wire explosives on there while they're all sleeping in there no thank you <laughs> Like, no, thank you. But the the game's a lot of fun. But like I said, there's some goofy stuff. After playing Red Dead Redemption, which is so, like, uh, honed. One thing that's funny about Red Dead Redemption, you know, you have to eat to live. And this, you pick food, but you never eat it. You sleep, but the game never tells you you have to sleep. You just do. The only reason you sleep in this game is because I want it to be daylight right now. That's the only reason you do. And they show like a time passage. Here's another funny thing. Sometimes I'll arrive at a mission point and you'll see the time change and it goes to pitch black nighttime. The mission takes place at night and I'm like, why game? I don't want to play it at night. (laughs) It's too scary. And uh, there are times I'll feel like 
uh, it was kind of like the last of us, the character, Joel, he wasn't afraid of anything. He was in a scary, hellish environment, but he got things done and he wasn't afraid. So as I was playing the game, I'm like, yeah, I'm Joel. I'm not afraid. Just like the Mad Max game. I'm Max. I'm not afraid. So Deacon St. John, man, (laughs) he's not afraid, Steven. And here's a weird thing. Sam Witwer does his voice. He's kind of unhinged a little, and he talks out loud to himself. He's like, you bastards, you think you can kill me? There's parts where I'm stealthy, and I'm sneaking around, and they're like, hey, is there something over here? And Deacon will say out loud, yeah, you bastard, you can't find me. And I'm like, can you shut up? Like, <laughs> you're talking out loud right now. You know, it's funny because certain like, like it kind of like, shouldn't he be whispering right now? It's funny. And there's parts in the game where when you're riding on a motorcycle and you're talking on the CB, you're like, yeah, well, I'm heading out that way talk right now. There'll be parts where I'm not on the motorcycle. And it'll be like, and it'll be totally quiet. And I'm walking. And it'll be like, okay, Tuck. Yeah, I'll be going out. And he's like yelling like he's on the motorcycle. It's like, we're not on the motorcycle right now, game. It's funny, like things like that. Uh, but it's okay. The game is still fun, you know. <laughs> but it's just weird kind of moments like that. I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? You can't tell when you're on and off the motorcycle in the loud environment. Yeah, it's funny. It kind of reminds me of Spider-Man. Like, they figured out where when he's swinging, he talks louder. But when he's not swinging, he talks quieter. They had two different takes. I have a feeling they did that here, but it's just not working properly. Yeah, you know? he glitched. There have been at least four patches since I've been playing. Like, I go to play and it downloads like a gigabyte or something. I'm like, oh, these are fixes. Hopefully they have a crossbow fix. <laughs> because I saw a skill point where it had later on that I can get that crossbow uh, delivers Accuracy. more damage. Like, one-hit kills. The only way you can get a one-hit kill is if you shoot to the head. But if you shoot to the body, you have to shoot them. Sometimes you alert them, and they're running towards you, and you're like, shit, reload! Uh, You know, right as they're a foot from you. But it's a fun game. Now, Steven, where should we go from here? Should we uh, wrap the show up, or should I do a quick Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Whatever you want to do. You want to do a quick Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. All right. Sure. Let's do it. All right, Steven, let's read Rotten Tomatoes. I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither. And let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato, potato. You like tomato, I like tomato, potato. Tomatoes, 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 <clears throat> still fresh right still fresh all right steven um here's one thing john wick chapter three comes out may 17th and that is next friday mm-hmm. john wick is a must-see film mm-hmm. am i right 97 percent right now and that's not even everybody's reviewed it but that's enough i don't need to read any reviews i know i want to see the film right yeah yeah now i'm curious about Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Steven. 
Are you really? <laughs> well, I'm curious to see the reviews for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if it will load, I'm waiting for it to load. Now, uh, Emma wants to see it out of morbid curiosity. And Ryan Reynolds does the voice of Pikachu. I guess it's a world of Pokemon. Mm. And nobody can, you know. Nobody can understand them. Yeah, they just basically say their names. Like, Pikachu! They just say that over and over again. Like, Squirtle says, Squirtle! Squirtle! Like that. But this guy can understand Pikachu. He can talk. And the website's not working. What the hell is going on? Guess we're not doing right to me. <laughs> Steven, did you ever see Dumbo, by the way? I did Tim, not. Uh, Tim Burton's Dumbo? Neither did I. I was just curious about that. For whatever reason, everyone's trying to see the reviews of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Currently, it is 63% fresh. 87% of the audience liked it, Steven. Um, the story begins when ace detective Harry Goodman goes mysteriously missing, prompting his 21-year-old son, Tim, to find out what happened. Aiding in the investigation is Harry's former Pokemon partner, Detective Pikachu, a hilariously wisecracking, adorable super sleuth who is a puzzlement even to himself. Finding that they are uniquely equipped to communicate with one another, Tim and Pikachu join forces on a thrilling adventure to unravel the tangled mystery. Chasing clues together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does uh, Adam want to call in? That was an hour ago. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh. I don't even have Skype open. <laughs> so anyway, let's see what the reviews are. Uh, Matthew Lacona, we've heard his name many times, Stephen. He says, one out of five stars. For a while, the first live-action Pokemon movie's achievements are enough for a while. So that means not long enough for the duration of the film. Ed Poten of the Times UK says, fortunately, the ever-likable Reynolds is equal to the task, channeling the savvy exuberance, but not the rude bits of his Deadpool persona. So that's kind of what I thought, too. It's like, it's Deadpool, but he's a Pokemon. Yes. Detective Pikachu is unrelentingly weird. 2.5 out of 4. Okay, that's Daniel Kazor. Adam Graham of Detroit News says, oil and water, toothpaste and orange juice, good decisions in Florida. Some things just don't go together. And you can add Ryan Reynolds' voice and Pikachu to that list. C. Wow. He took a long way to get to where he was going, didn't he? James Barrera Dinelli gives it two out of four stars, Stephen, which is average, right? Mm -hmm. He gives it a rotten, though. <clears throat> Pokemon Detective Pikachu isn't a movie. It's a cog in a multi-billion dollar media empire, a soulless feature-length example of a product placement at its most blatant. Wow, this guy, he's uh, hes not digging it. Um, Vincent Ecovino of NPR says, There's something admirable about a film that isn't afraid to have some fun with a property so established and beloved by its core audience. Okay, Zaki Hassan of Zach's Corner says, As someone far outside the target demo, I found Detective Pikachu unobjectionable, if forgettable. 
But as if for the generation steeped in the minutia of this stuff, Warner Brothers is sure to catch them all. B minus. All right, you're fired. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd of the Film Yap and also Doc Brown of Beverly. Uh, back to the. Did I say Beverly Hills Cop? Uh huh. <laughs> so Beverly Hills Chihuahua Cop. Whatever you were going to say. Future, or as I like to call it, BTTF, Stephen. <laughs> Fast paced and erratic, it's basically a big nostalgia bong wrapped in CGI cotton candy. <laughs> and finally, Emmanuel Baez, 3.5 out of 5. It's fresh. Ryan Reynolds' voice adds that meta humor that stays within a few degrees of jumping the fourth wall, and by giving the film that sense of self awareness, it's hard to worry about the script's simplicity. All right. So, Stephen, we should go see it. What do you think? <laughs> sure. Oh, I saw Captain Marvel out of town. That's what I saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show. You've been yeah, on, yeah, yeah. we've done the show since then. That was a while back. That's why I was like going, what the hell did I see? Did you ever see a dog's journey, Stephen? I did not. The movie with Dennis Quaid, where his dog comes to find him through generations. He keeps being reincarnated. It's kind of weird, but it was a cute movie. They made a sequel. Wait, it's called A Dog's Journey. What was the original called? Because I thought it was called Dog's Journey. Okay, Bailey, voiced again by Josh Gad, is living the good life on a Michigan farm of his boy, Ethan. And Ethan's wife, Hannah... Even and Ethan's wife Hannah. Period. He even has a new playtime. Play. <laughs> oh God. He even has a new playmate. Ethan and Hannah's baby granddaughter CJ. The problem is that CJ's mom Gloria decides to take CJ away. As Bailey's soul prepares to leave this life for a new one, he makes a promise to Ethan to find CJ and protect her at any cost. How does he promise him? He can't talk. Thus begins Bailey's adventure through multiple lives filled with love, friendship, and devotion. Basically, this is the same movie over again, but he's finding the daughter. And I'm sure it's sweet. Mike Cahill of The Guardian says, Only its restlessness feels novel, tailored as it is to wet-nosed viewers made distractible by hours of scrolling through floof-centric Instagram feeds. Two out of five. I don't even understand your sentence, buddy. (laughs) Kevin Marr says it's preposterous, not as half as much as the last time, and crucially, not at all sad. Two out of five. I hated it. Nicholas Barber says there is apparently a sizable overlap between people who like films in which cute dogs scamper around happily, happily, and people who like films in which cute dogs drop dead every half hour. That is true. There are deaths, and he's reincarnated. In the original, he's shot by an assailant. He's a you know, a dog who, in another one, he is drowned on accident. He drowns and he comes back. So it's kind of like morbid at the same time, but you're like, he'll come back as a different or adorable puppy. Isn't that weird? That is. That doesn't sound like a nice child's movie or anything. Brian Viner of Daily Mail says, like the first film, it's based on a book by W. Bruce Cameron and follows the same saccharine premise that a much-loved family dog keeps being reborn as other dogs two out of five he didn't like it steven he thought it sucked what do you think about this movie tolkien based on the life of 
J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien explores the formative years of the renowned author's life as he finds friendship, courage, and inspiration among a fellow group of writers and artists at school. Their brotherhood strengthens as they grow up and weather love and loss together, including Tolkien's tumultuous courtship of his beloved Edith Bratt until the outbreak of the First World War, which threatens to tear their fellowship apart. All of these experiences would later inspire Tolkien to write the famous Middle-Earth novels. Starring Nicholas Holt, Lily Collins, Cole Meany, Derek Jacoby, among other people. Okay, Adam Graham of the Detroit News says, Director Dome Karakowski treats Tolkien in his story with reverence, and Holt plays him with handsome rigidity. But neither the story nor the portrayal ever come to life. I give it a C. Which is passing. <laughs> Matthew Lacona, Stephen. He Thank says, you. Tolkien casts a delicate spell. It's not difficult to imagine some viewers proving utterly impervious to its peculiar magic. But some others will be enchanted and even transported by its charms. Three out of five. Carrie Darling of Houston Chronicle says, what's left is a kaleidoscope of well-staged episodes. Tolkien on the field of battle, surrounded by a circle of dead bodies, is harrowing that often seem more like prettified postcards from mid-century Britain than real life being lived by real people. 2.5 out of 5. So, I don't know. Does this movie appeal to you at all, Stephen? Uh, is it a must-see? No, but I would see it. Are I you mean... interested in the life of Tolkien before he wrote Lord of the Rings? It's going to be very, because I've already seen stuff where they, you know, the little bits of it, and it's like, oh yeah, we are a fellowship, you know, so we're, you know, it's, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, that's your kind of cringeworthy bits in there. What is that, does that what, you know, it can't really have happened that way, you know, oh, our fellowship here. Oh, okay, fellowship of the rings. Yeah. You know, are they are they taking liberty with the story matching? You know, it's like, oh, well, this happened in here. So this is what matches the book. This is what happened in real life. This matches the book. Right. You know, are they trying to match it? Make it too much like the book, you know? Exactly. Like, now, Stephen, before we go, I wanted to talk about something. Okay. Recently... I found this by accident. There is a last Starfighter musical in 2004, I believe. It uh, had a short run, but I listened to the entire musical. I was just too curious. I had to hear this. And I actually there I actually like it. It's pretty good. Uh do you remember in the movie there's a th creature called Azandazan? Yeah. Uh basically Alex Rogan gets taken into space and they put a betazoid in his place. It's like a droid that looks just like him. And the Xandazans are the smelly creatures. Yeah, they're like uh, intergalactic hitmen that are there to kill the last starfighter so he can't fight. But they see, when he shoots him, he sees circuitry, and the Xandazan knows that that's a beta unit. Obviously, the last Starfighter is out in space, so he's got to warn him. So he's like, we got to stop the Xandazan. So here's a, here's a song called Xandazan from the musical, and I just want you to hear this, okay? This is the last Starfighter musical, Stephen. 
Okay. This is his little brother, Lewis, singing. I was having the bitchinest dream. Me, oh my, Miss July. She and I. <laughs> Maybe he has Playboy now. Yes. Sofa, Yolanda, baby. Then I jumped from this god awful scream. <laughs> and there's Alex running to the window. He said, Hazandazan! I said, What? He said, Go back to sleep, Lewis. Then he hurried from the room. It's a Zandazan. The creepy creature in the video game. Remember the name, it's one and the same. Right here in our backyard. Better be on your guard. It's a Zandazan. Doing stuff that only Zandazans can. Jumping right inside your body. Making it do naughty stuff it doesn't want to do. Sounds like they changed some things up a little bit. He's an intergalactic hitman doing some real bad shit, man. Lewis? A cool <laughs> down mother. He was looking for my brother. It's a Zandazan. Better run away Pretty as fast catchy, as you huh? can. You don't want him metamorphosing, getting in your nosing, going round and posing as you. Man, a Zandazan. What can you do? I want to see what's happening on stage. So Yolanda and I, we resume. <laughs> He's Her still dreaming about playing. Va, va, voom. Each bazoom. Soft as 20 pillows. <laughs> Yolanda, honey. Then I jump from this earth-shaking boom. And there's Alex standing at the window. And there's Alex standing at the door. I said, what the... And they said, what the? I said, what the? And they said, go, go back, back to, to sleep, sleep Lewis, or I'll tell mom about your playboys. It's a Zandazan. We didn't so it's like the whole, all the denizens of the trailer park are all part of those. The numbers. One by one. He had a real cool gun. It's a Zandazan. He does have a cool gun. We never thought that we'd be part of his plan. Got inside me while I sat on the can. Darlene and me was making out in the band. The feeling in you is like you ate too much. So I'm bread. thinking you like can enter when people's it bodies or something. My body, I began to do karate. Hi-ya! It had me hiding by the Because in the body. movie he just morphs Ready into a It's a last Starfighter musical! And you don't remember a thing except you feel fat. <laughs> Starfighter, last Starfighter video game. You can download. I guess it looks like the. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that too. They need to make a new one. Assassin sent here to kick your ass. Why does he sound like a newspaper boy? I love how Lewis keeps wanting to use profanity. Lewis! Because the little kid in the movie is great. 
So we're chatting Yolanda and me. <laughs> it's almost over. I It's just I just discovered this existed. It's just crazy. We're like perfect soulmates. Then this stench throws a wrench in my dream. And the Zandazan's holding me, slobbering me. And just before he can start clobbering me, when Alex says, This way, Zandy. Then the other Alex, This way, Zandy. Then the both of them go running out the door, shouting, Better call the B Tory. unit and Alex. It's a Zandazan. You see him with jeans and top hats? <laughs> we don't want him using us to tell ya. Searching on the nail ya. Waiting to impale ya. I think so. It's hard to tell what they said there. So uh, that was Zandazan, a number from the Last Starfighter musical. Steven, what did you think? Yeah, probably will be watching and listening to the rest of it. <laughs> there was a Last Starfighter musical. I understand. And, I mean, that, uh, and... I, uh, when I said that, I was like, there's no way this is on YouTube. Of course it's on YouTube. Every, Every single number is on YouTube. There's no video of the musical on YouTube, but they're, the soundtrack, it's recorded, is on there. And uh, remember Starlight, Starbright? trailer park the first song is like starlight starbright trailer park you know and all the different people who live one thing that they did they took some liberties with the story grig and centauri are like the same character where he centauri stays with him the entire musical where he even flies in the ship with him so I can understand for a musical, you have the same actor out there singing and dancing, like didn't introduce Grig, but still I love Grig in the movie. The lizard guy, Daniel yep. Herlihy from Robocop. Yep. Um, so I was like, okay, they took some liberties there. They made the Zandozan where it takes over your body, but that's fine. You know, cause I guess they couldn't have that morph on stage. You know, it's like you just, yeah, I've seen stills and it looks like, uh, you know, the space battles, they had him sitting in a cockpit facing the audience and they have lots of uh, whatever strobe lights and all yeah. that stuff going around. Just talking about what's happening, I yeah. guess. Cause they even say time to institute death blossom, <laughs> stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun guys. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, I'm sure you were like, what the hell are we <laughs> listening to? But I got to tell you, you haven't watched the last Starfighter. Now you should go see it. I listened to it under. Remember how I find weird things to inspire me? Yes, that's like something that I latched onto. I listened to the whole musical in one day, mm-hmm. and then I was going to go pick up Emma from school, and I was like, eh, "Start it over," and I kept listening to it again. And Zandazan, the reason I played that—that's my favorite number. That's my favorite one by kind like the high school class that did the aliens play. I, God, I would love, I sent this to Rick Gutierrez on Facebook. I go, hey, because, you know, he's a a drama teacher, theater teacher. And I said, did you know there's a last Starfighter musical? He's like, no. And I was like, here, listen to this or whatever. And I got to talk him into doing that at his high school. I'll go see it because I want to see the last Starfighter musical. Um, 
Good stuff. All right, Stephen, go stand over there. I'll be over there in a second. All right. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And Hello, Stephen. Hello. You're Jason. O- you're over here. I came back. Yes. And now I am over here with you. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for joining me. It was great. We talked a lot about Avengers Endgame. It's a nice long show tonight. Boy, do I hope people who listen to that have seen the film. <laughs> uh, well, you gave them plenty of time. You told them. Yeah. We didn't jump right into spoilers. I know there's some people who are like, I don't care. I'm just going to listen. But, you know, it's in... You know, it's kind of like some people say spoilers don't really matter that much. It's how you experience them in the film. That's true, but I would the stuff I saw in the film, I'd rather not know about them and just see them for the first time, yeah. you know? But now that I know they happen, I can still enjoy the but film. Like, a guy I work with this week, his name is Jason as well. And I was like going, have you seen it? He goes, I haven't seen any of the Avengers movies. I said, oh, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Oh, you can say whatever you want. It's like, no, I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if you haven't seen a single one. I'm not going to talk about it. Period. I've got to say, no matter how many times I've seen Infinity War, I still get choked up at the Spider-Man part. You know, he's like, I don't feel so good. You know, it's just like, oh, no, Pete. <laughs> or whatever. But God, uh Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you would see a live-action Mysterio yeah. in a movie with that dome on his head? Fishbowl. I gotta say, he looks really cool. I did like. Uh, I did watch Kevin Smith's reaction to that trailer, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he freaked out. He's Mysterio, my then, God! Well, I've seen him do both the trailer one, trailer two mm-hmm. takes of it. You know, so I was like, he—he's passionate. You've got to watch his reaction to Endgame because he know. cries the whole thing. Well, I said I saw those two. I didn't see him do an Endgame one yet, so I—I I, hasn't popped up into my feed or whatever. So when he's like, and kept standing there, and you know, he thinks this is it, man. This is the end. And then here, Sam he comes. He's like on her left, Cap. He's just like. He's there, man. It's like, it's like, I just love that he's that passionate. It's great. Now I did. Okay, I don't know. Did we we did talk about Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel. It's like the, yeah. the 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 reading the Mallrat script. You know, uh, yes. Lee was hilarious. That was a great Easter egg, and he cried at that talking yeah. about it because he was first of all the the opening of Captain Marvel the. The opening Marvel thing that was all Stan Lee was fantastic. Like, yeah. thank you, Stan. That was wonderful. And then they had the great cap. Uh, I mean, the the great Stan Lee cameo, where it's the same era that he made Mallrats. Yeah. And he's reading the script, and he's reading lines like memorizing yeah. lines from Mallrats yeah. on the bus. And uh, Kevin Smith was just like. Uh, I exist in the Marvel Universe. You know? <laughs> Mallrats exist in the Marvel Universe. And he was just crying. He was like, that was so nice of them to do that. And I, th- I thought that was very... And the way... Just the fact that they did that I and how he not. reacted... The, the way he reacted to it, it's so good. You know? Uh, Jessica said, the car mini podcast was a nice fix between shows. How were the pork belly sliders? Any good? I need closure. Oh, Okay. The pork belly sliders would be so much better without coleslaw in them. I'm not a big coleslaw guy. You can ask him to hold it off. 
Well, I will next time. I didn't know at the time, but the coleslaw, I thought I'm going to have this the way they just serve it. I want to taste it like that. I would definitely say hold the coleslaw because the the cabbage is kind of chewy, mm-hmm. and I just ended up knocking it all I, off there I don't anyway. Like, that's the Carolina style of barbecue where they put coleslaw on your sandwich, yeah. and I don't care for it. Yeah, no, I don't need it. All I do, honestly, I read the instructions carefully on my sandwich. If, I, if I'm eating, I'd rather sandwich. just have a salad, not coleslaw. I've never yeah. been a coleslaw fan, and it's not healthy in any way. It's drenched in friggin', uh, you know, Coleslaw is it mayo? What it's is not it? Mayo. It's something else. But, but I mean, it's got mayo in it. But I'd whatever. rather just have a salad. But um, I'd rather my slider. I'd rather just have the pork belly and the bun. And there you go. I yeah. don't need anything else. So that's what I would have held. And they had fried pickles on it. Those are pretty good. But I'd rather have them on the side, not yeah. on the sandwich, because they were on the sandwich. They were, you know, it's like a fancy thing. It was pork belly with the barbecue sauce, coleslaw, and fried pickles all in the sandwich. Yeah. And it was a little, like, the pork belly's so good, I don't need all this conflicting flavor to go with yeah, it. Yeah, I want just the pork belly. Yeah, yeah, just give that to me. And I started picking off and just eating the pork belly and the thing. It was, my plate was a disaster. It was just like a wasteland <laughs> of coleslaw and fried pickles. So next time, if I ever get that again, I will just get pork belly, you know. Uh, but Cheesecake Factory is usually really good. They used to have uh, homemade, or what it was called, their homemade catfish. And I thought that was so good, but it's not on the menu anymore. Bastards. Bastards. My favorite thing to get there really is Steak Diane. Makes me think of Gordon Ramsay, but <laughs> mm, delicious Steak Diane. Uh, so, Stephen, thank you so much for joining me this You're week. welcome, sir. Uh, we finally did a show. We talked about Avengers Endgame, talked about Days Gone. I'm sure you're really intrigued by Deacon St. John, aren't you? Talked a little bit about my bad movies experiences. Yes, a lot of bad experiences. Oh, we talked a little bit about Shazam. Good stuff. Oh, I just want to ask you, Stephen. Just a touch on Pet Cemetery, but I mean. What did, how did you, what emotions did you feel? How did you feel when you watched the Rise of Skywalker teaser trailer? I've seen it a few times, and and uh, I've watched it about twenty times. <laughs> I can't say I've seen it that many. I'd probably say a good five or six. I watched obviously. it over and over again on the day it came yeah. out, and then I watched the one guy reaction to it when he was just like he's recording himself and he's uh, crying, crying yeah. and freaking out. I gotta be honest with you, I got pretty choked up in it, and I think it had a, a lot to do with Leia's theme. Uh, I was like, why am I feeling so emotional mm-hmm. about this? And when they show Lando, I was like, Lando, yeah! You know, I was happy to see Lando because Lando's there with Chewie. Yep. And uh, did you see that funny meme I posted where he's like, you'll get my ship over my dead body. And then it cuts to Lando. And he's like, woohoo! He's got a <laughs> ship. <laughs> you'll get your ship back over my dead body. And sure enough, he's got the ship back because you're dead. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh I don't know what's going on with the have <laughs> the Emperor Palpatine yeah. stuff. I'm like, it's got to be a misdirection. Yeah. It's a misdirection. That's uh, what the guy was freaking out for at the end. He was, he was like, what? back? And it's, I showed it to Emma first, and Emma's like, I got goosebumps. And then when Heather came home, I was like, oh, you got to watch this. So I put it on the TV, and we watched it. And she was like, I got, I got, it gave me tears. And I was like, I feel the same way. What is it about this trailer? It just stirring emotions up um 
This is a good trick. It was good. good I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, very well. And if you go back and listen, when I watched the Last Jedi trailer, I was just mostly confused by it, and I didn't get emotional. I was just like, "Wait, the last the Jedi's must end." Why is Luke saying that? I don't understand. I was mostly like, "What is this? What's going on?" And I wasn't. I didn't get all worked up. Like the Force Awakens. Yes, I got super pumped up for that. Um. Mostly the last Jedi trailer just confused me because I was just like, what What are we looking at here? But this was just like, oh, I don't know what the plot is or whatever. Yeah. But I'm excited for it. I love the the tracking shot. First of all, J.J. Abrams loves the the tracking shot, the side scrolling. Like, go back and watch Mission Impossible 3. There's a part where Tom Cruise is running in it. You know, he runs in all of the films, but... The camera's going along with them, like dun 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 dun, and the camera's like on a dolly. Like I picture some guy like running, trying to keep up with Tom Cruise, and a lot of J.J. Uh, Abrams loves that long tracking shot. You know, it's really cool. So as you see a Ray standing there, and she's like gearing up, she's like lights ignites the lightsaber, and the Tie Fighters coming in, and all of a sudden the camera. I see it there on the rig, you know, it's like, dun, 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 starts moving. And then the, the uh, TIE fighter came in there. I was really excited over that. When a, uh, a shot in a Star Wars film makes you excited, that's exciting. No, oh, we're also going to need to bid upon farewell to Peter Mayhew. Oh, uh, yes. Chewy. Chewy. Peter Mayhew, the actor played Chewbacca. That was so sad. And, uh. Yeah, he only, is there anybody who does miles north of where I live? Yeah, is there anybody who doesn't love Chewbacca? I love Chewbacca, uh, and that guy. I hear he's as gentle a soul as Chewbacca. Love that guy, <laughs> Chewie. I love that. And by the way, uh, you know, in the movie Solo, is there anything better than Chewbacca in that movie? Yeah, so good. And I know, you know, he didn't play. He's, you know, he did bits where he he was in it just yeah. the sitting positions, but the action stuff was somebody else. Yeah, another guy who d- does a great job, but that's sad, you know. Good stuff. So now we've got two down out of the original cast. No, doesn't this not take count? <laughs> Kenny Baker too. Actually. Oh, three. Forgot about yeah. Kenny. Okay, Stephen Betts, uh, Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford? Who's next? No, I'm kidding. That's sick. That's sick, Stephen. I'm not doing that. I didn't Deadpool that. Did you watch any of the Star Wars Celebration stuff on YouTube? No. It's like a live feed from Star Wars Celebration. That looks like such a jolly good time. And I got to say this. They showed... uh, um, Yes? John Favreau, <laughs> the producer. God, why is my nose so runny all of a sudden? John Favreau, I think my Zyrtec D just cut out. This just is stop. like, a, it just stopped. Uh, John Favreau was there with uh, the cast of uh, The Mandalorian that will be a new series, Star Wars series on Disney+, Plus, which will be six ninety nine a month. I totally her- misheard what you said. The Mandalorian. The man DeLorean. The man DeLorean. Like, <laughs> See, a man standing next to the car. There's a documentary about DeLorean. Oh, yeah. Out. And I was like going. Well, you know, the, the Boba head. Fett armor guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's Mandalorian. Mandalorian. He's like a bounty hunter. He's on the outer well, you rim. You a pause there. <laughs> um, 
and he talked all about that series and he showed uh, some footage from it. Uh, you know, he goes, you know, you guys get home. Don't get to watch this, but we'll be right back. And they come back and five minutes later, somebody posted the footage because mm-hmm. John Favreau goes, now guys do not film this with your smartphones and post it on YouTube. That would just be wrong. I'm warning you guys don't do it. And it sounds like he's just encouraging you to yeah. do it. So the next thing you see is everyone puts the footage in, of course, it looks friggin' awesome. You know, it's a friggin' Star Wars TV show with do a, what they do at like Jack White shows. Put your phone in a locked bag. Uh, yeah. God, it looks so good. I can't wait for that. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on Entertainment Landfill. I am the Jaystrom. This is Stephen, the Pop Culture Zealot. So glad to uh, have you guys here. I want to thank patrons that are still still here man you guys are being very patient we did miss a chance earlier say shout out to adam howard uh, from the bay area he wanted to call in but i didn't get the message in time yeah it's kind of like sometimes after the show i'll see adam six and said hey i sent you a voicemail i'm like oh shit the show's over yeah he said he didn't have time to send one this (laughs) so so adam like he texts back i said yes yeah you know by the way still alive i said yes you're talking about adam Howard. howard i'm talking about adam sexton yeah and all the time i'll say yeah i was talking to adam and heather will go sexton or howard or no, she'll go Sexton or the or, Bay or the Bay Area, and I'm like, oh, it's uh, Adam Sexton, and I'll go, oh, it's I'm from the Bay Area, yeah. <laughs> but all the time she has to have that distinction. I'm like, just one of the Adams, it doesn't matter. So anyway, <laughs> so he w- he texted earlier about an hour and a half ago now, but I guess if we were oh, alive, I wish I would have known. He wanted Adam. to call in. I didn't. I put my phone on silent. Sorry, it's during the show. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> and I don't have it right. Always, me. you can interrupt. Always do it. And I and I well, I picked it up to look up Dominic Cooper, and that's when I I think. Do you remember? I mean, back when we used to do the show, and it was a tight ship. We had clips. We had lots of shows to talk about. It's I, not I like used that. To breathe real loud, and you'd say stuff. So I, I'm <laughs> silent. You know, always. Like, yeah, you can stuff. interrupt me anytime. Say, <laughs> Adam is. He wants to know if you can call in. That's fine. I apologize to you, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> Better luck next time, bud. <laughs> <laughs> go downstairs mary <laughs> yeah go downstairs manny guys thank you so much for listening we'll be back very soon we're not going to be gone for a month or anything like that probably not next week because of john wick john wick i Three. we're going to talk about john wick we're going to talk about it <laughs> and what well, maybe i'll be done with days gone by then i'll tell you what happens to deacon st john i can't help but talk like that He's like, oh, you bastard, you're waiting for me, aren't you? Well, you're not going to get me. I'm going to kill you first. He'll say stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, dude, calm down, man. you got some issues here, bud. <laughs> got some issues. All right, guys. That's the show. Steven, what are you waiting for? Get out there, uh, watch some more shows, and I'll see you next time. See you, sir. <laughs> guys, what are you waiting for? Get out there, watch some more TV shows, go see some movies, go see Endgame again. Why not, right? Right. It was a good one. It was. Go play some video games, and we'll see you next time. Later. Forget the last Starfighter musical. I'm waiting for a Beastmaster musical. Hell yeah. Now this... 
Podcasting. We die.